Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. Let's get at it. It's the Sports Animals. Let's go. Whoa, I just heard about that traffic accident by uh, uh, backing all you guys up at Eva Beach. We'll keep you updated here. In fact, we'll have another update coming up momentarily here on ESPN Honolulu. Well, good morning, Mr. Dickman. Good morning. Uh, three things you need to know heading on into work today, and one of them, we got great news. Damar Hamlin. As uh, being deemed by doctors, he's okay to play. He's fully cleared to replay uh, to uh, playing football, uh, as reported by the Buffalo Bills this morning. Now, this is the uh, you'll remember the um, uh, defensive back who suffered cardiac arrest during a football game last year. But that's great news to wake up to, isn't it? Oh, it's great news. It was only a little over three months ago that this took place on January 2nd. The fact that he's ready to come back and will be able to go to OTA. I don't, people were just hopeful he'd, he'd be alive. He'd be able to live a normal life. And then you get this on top of it. Yeah, it's great news. Yeah, it's something that's, um, I think it's, I, 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 you know, I imagine that first uh, football game uh, when he comes running out onto the field, that'll be really, really special. Uh, Max Holloway, uh, off of his win over the weekend, guess who he wants next? The Korean Zombie. I heard him I mention that it. on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping he's going to get more opportunities to get a belt again. Uh, it's been a while, and he did have that losing streak, but he's doing pretty well. And after that fight, hopefully he'll start playing, uh, getting back to some of the top contenders. Yeah. Uh, Alex, uh, Alex Volkanovsky, the guy that Matt, the champion in the featherweight division, uh, did you hear his quote? You hear about his quote? He quoted, he came out and said, Max Holloway, get out of my division. Stop beating up my contenders. <laughs> there was talk hey, there, about you know, there was up. talk about Yeah, there was talk about him moving up. He did have one um, uh, uh, fight at the uh, heavier level. But uh, anyway, we'll keep, continue to follow this for you. Draymond Green was ejected again. How many times has he been ejected from a game in his career? As the Warriors fall 0-2 against the mighty, mighty Sacramento Kings. Light the beam. Uh, this is the first time since Steve Kerr has been the coach that they've been down 0-2 in a playoff series, which is amazing. Incredible. Yeah. But they are. They haven't been good on the road. We'll have to wait and see if Draymond does get a suspension today. This one is a little bit different with his stopping than some of the other ejections he has gotten. He's wrong. The other stoppings. Then the other stoppings. Well, not all of it was stopping. I mean, he grabbed LeBron in an area where you don't do that. That cost him a playoff finals game as well. This one, again, he's in the wrong, but I think he's not totally to, I know he's not totally to blame for this. Sabonis started it. Sabonis, excuse me. Sabonis started this by grabbing his leg, grabbing his ankle. 
So, I mean, he had a little bit of a reason to do it. Not as hard as he did. The ref told him, according to Draymond, the reason he got ejected, he stomped too hard. <laughs> Not it's bad for stomping, but stomping for folk, too hard. Gary, for folks, for folks who haven't don't understand what you're talking about, I think you got to set with, that up a little bit. With about seven minutes and three seconds left in the fourth quarter last night, there's a shot, and guys are battling. Sabonis is on the ground, and as Draymond is just next to him and trying to make his way up court. Sabonis grabs his ankle to prevent him from advancing up court. And Draymond, escaping the grasp, stomped on him to get away pretty hard uh -huh. on his chest. Now, Draymond said, I'm not the most flexible person. I can only stretch so far. Now, I know he's exaggerating that, but he said it was the second night in a row it happened. Refs do nothing. Well, he's going to do it. And again, yeah, he's get... wrong, but there is a but. I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I tend to defend Draymond Green on this because here's a guy. You people are running down the floor. You are trying to run down the floor and play the game, and there's a guy illegally holding you. All you're thinking of is, let me get my foot out of here. Now he, he, he So if you Sabonis is on his back, you know, uh, with his, you know, arms, he's he's trying to tackle him. So he's trying to pull his foot loose. He pulls it up. Pull, pulls his foot out, steps down on his chest because he's laying on his back, and then runs down the floor. Uh, could he have been a little more ginger with his step? I don't know. I wasn't in the middle of that fracas. It was it was uh, total um, it was total calamity going on in this little instance. I mean, who does that though? When you fall down, instead of turning over to get up, you fall down. You're on your side or whatever, and you're grabbing somebody's foot. I don't get it. I think if you're going to eject one guy, you eject the other guy. Now, grabbing someone's foot, I guess, isn't an ejectable offense. But at the same time, I don't know that you – they watch replay. I don't know that you eject Draymond Green for that. If it wasn't Draymond Green, if it was, uh, I don't know, uh, Wiggins, does he get ejected? I don't think so. I think the refs are out to get Draymond Green. They, they, he's got that reputation, so as soon as something happens, oh, there you go, Tech. Yeah, that's unfortunate. He did it to himself. I mean, because of the, you know, all you know, all the other times that he's been thrown out of games for stupid things like this. But this time, I don't think it was that stupid. I, I agree with you. I, I think Draymond has a legitimate excuse, even though, again, I think the thing that he got ejected for was the flagrant two, which is a non-basketball play. And it was a non-basketball play, but there was a reason for it, as you said. Uh, you know, he gets grabbed like that. He described the exact play the night of uh, the game before with Malik Monk did it, where it happened, which ref was there. And maybe the refs are out to get him. I'm sure they don't give him a pass like maybe a Michael Jordan, Kobe, or LeBron get in some cases. Draymond's the opposite. They're going to look for him because of his reputation, as you said. But I think he has a legitimate excuse. Now let's see what the NBA does. Again, that's the, the big picture if he gets suspended. But yesterday, yes, uh, Sabonis, and he got called for a double technical, or technical where uh, Steph Curry shot two technical free throws because of what Sabonis did. Then, of course, Sabonis shot two techs because of what Draymond did. He missed them both. But uh, Sabonis didn't get off scot-free, but he is uh, not blamed, really, in this where he started everything. He was the instigator. Well, what, if, what happens if Draymond Green gets injured, right? What happens if you're pulling his foot, he's trying to run down the court and, and pull his foot free from your grasp, and then he pulls a muscle or something like that, and he's out for the series, right? Yeah. I mean, point. it could have been very easily, it could have very easily been really ugly for Draymond Green.
Right, that's a good point. And again, that's why I don't really blame him in this one like the others. He's getting a bad rap when you read about this overnight, but I think more on his reputation. If you watch the play and understand it like we are describing, he wasn't totally in the wrong. And I hope he doesn't get suspended. Even though most cases you would, I don't think he deserves it this time. And I think Sabonis uh, maybe deserves the same fate. Because that was a non-basketball play as well. It's no, nowhere in basketball is grabbing somebody's ankle and preventing them from moving <laughs> yeah, a la Dennis Rodman and Carl Malone is a basketball play. But he got off just with a technical, and that's it. Well, then again, I mean, there's no basketball play when you throw a bucket of confetti on the referee or the audience. But, I mean, that's what we were watching last night was basically the Harlem Globetrotters. That's what it was. <laughs> Here comes Curly Neal. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, in the NBA yesterday, of course, you know this already, but uh, let's get into the couple of games that were played. So Sacramento, I was going to say Sacramento State. <laughs> Sacramento beats, it's so funny to say Sacramento in the playoffs beat the Golden State Warriors 114-106. to Sabonis, by the way, had 24 points. Steph Curry, 28 points in the loss for the Warriors. And uh, the uh, 76ers beat Brooklyn. Uh, who don't even belong in the NBA playoffs, 96-84. to 84. Okay, one thing about Golden State, when you mentioned Steph Curry, he shot three for 13 on threes. He was really bad last night overall. Sacramento, mm. on the other hand, shot 24% on threes, their second lowest of the season, and yet they still win, which is really incredible when you look at it that way. The other series, I mean, I'm a Nets fan, as we know. I didn't even bother watching that. I'm surprised mm. it was that close. It's just not a You series. know what? Tyrese Maxey was awesome. Oh, he's great. 33 points. I mean, he's been really good for the last maybe year and a half or so. He is that good. James Harden, three for 13 shooting as well. Kind of like Steph Curry-like. But you still got Joel Embiid. They double him in the first half. They don't double him in the second half. They're just not a match for them. I mean, Cam Johnson had a great first half for the Nets. 29 points, I believe. But they just, they're just not as good as Philadelphia. This version of the Brooklyn Nets, as you said, kind of in jest, is not really a deserving playoff team. I didn't say it in jest. I said the Brooklyn Nets don't belong in the playoffs. Well, they actually obviously do it. They're the sixth seed, but I know what you mean by that. This version of the Nets is not the same as a team that won most of those games. <laughs> See? You got, I right. got a little chuckle out of you. So today uh, we've got the Hawks at the Celtics. I know Tanner Hayworth wants his Celtics to win. Uh, the New York Knickerbockers at the Cleveland Cavaliers. And uh, the Clippers will be playing at Phoenix today. That's the late afternoon game. Uh, the, the, um, the last two games there are going to be on TNT. NBA TV. Do I have NBA TV? You probably do. <laughs> NBA TV is where the Atlanta game is going to be. So you really got to – they got two kind of at the same time. You got to kind of choose between uh, the Knicks and the Cavs or the um, Hawks and the Celtics. Today, one game starts at one, the other at one thirty. Yeah, in the first round, that happens where NBA TV will get a game because of the other networks only having two on at a time or back to back, and so you'll get these overlapping games. The Nick game should be more competitive because Cleveland and the Knicks four and five. I think Boston will have no problem with Atlanta. Uh, they had a thirty point lead in game one at halftime, got a little closer, but they were clearly the better team. Same thing as really the Nets in Philadelphia. Those teams. Have some talent. Atlanta has more talent than Brooklyn, maybe right now, but they're not going anywhere against Boston. Who does Atlanta have for the casual fan besides uh, Trey Young? 
Trey Young. They have John Collins, uh, power forward, is actually really good. He might have been an all-star a year or two ago. but John Collins? He's a, he's a very good player. In fact, he was sought after in free agency in the trade deadline as well. Uh, you've yeah, got- he, needs, he needs a nickname. That's a, you know, John Collins. You know, John Q. Collins, something like that. <laughs> John Q. Collins. Uh, okay. you, you've got DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Hunter, the, the good defensive big out of Virginia. He's been a pretty good player. Uh, boy, I'm trying, they got, oh, yeah, um, De, um, Murray, what's Murray's first name? The <laughs> free agent from San, no, you didn't. I'm DeAndre Murray, the, tra- the threat transfer, the free agent from San there Antonio. There is a DeAndre Murray. Yeah, he's really good. He's another backcourt mate of – the other backcourt mate of Trey Young. He's actually pretty good. So not really a lot of star players, but they've got a good They've got a good team that works together. Well, no, not, Clint Capello is the big guy uh, who's been pretty good with uh, Atlanta after being with, uh, I think, Houston a few years ago. They, they, they don't have a very good team. They have a better team than their record showed. They fired their coach, Nate McMillan, in the middle of the season. Uh, Quinn Snyder is now their coach. They should be better, but they didn't play well this year. They were actually fortunate to make the play-in tournament. You know, I would, you know some of this seems like it, it's fun. It's playoff time. But I, I'm going to be a little bummed if it's not Boston and Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference Finals because that is, you know, that's that's Ollie Frazier right there this year. Those are the big boys. When you say this year, definitely because Boston has had Philly's number in the playoffs every year they've met in the last four, five, six years. This year could be a little bit different. Yeah, I think that's where we're headed. Uh, I'd be a little disappointed if it is because I know I'd rather have Brooklyn, but that's not happening. Yeah, Boston-Philly will be a war. And I, I, I don't know who would win it. They're both that good, but it'll be a lot tighter than maybe in previous years. Yeah, so I think that right. we can look at it in the second round if it comes to that. Yeah. So what's been the what's been kind of the storyline? What are you watching so far and kind of noticing so far this year in the NBA playoffs? I know we're only a couple of games in, but what are you thinking? Well, what I've what I've seen first of all is that the road team has been winning a little bit more than you might think. They did it in the play-in tournament. They did it on Sunday with the Lakers winning, with the Clippers winning, with Miami winning. Part of it due to injuries, but that's one of the things I noticed over the weekend. Now you're looking at these game twos and seeing if anybody can bounce back and make it a series. Okay, for the Nets, we know that series is over, five games max, if not four. But now when Golden State goes back to San Francisco on Thursday, can they make it a series? Because I mean, they've been a bad road team all year. That doesn't mean as much today, but it really be something if the defending champs go out in the first round. And I don't think the defending champs have ever been down 0-2 in a series the following year either. If it has happened, it's a very small number. That is something to keep your eyes on because Golden State, we know, is not going to last forever. I didn't think after winning a championship that they would get knocked out first round, but we're seeing the up-and-coming Sacramento Kings, all their young players, the crowd, the beam after the game that I don't think anybody ever heard of until last week. Uh, They're a really good team for the future. Uh, In the East, though, I think the other question, though, Chris, what we're seeing right now is the injuries. Will John Moran yeah. come back? Will Giannis come back? Right now, they're hopeful he'll come back tomorrow. No word on John Morant. Tyler Hero out for Miami. How big of a loss is that? The injury factor comes into play already. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, we should have mentioned on the onset that uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, his MRI was clean, and uh, they're they're pretty os- op- optimist- optimistic that he'll come back. How effective he'll be, we'll just have to wait and see, right? 
Yes, and I mean, it's a big difference without him as opposed to with him. Same thing, even though Memphis has had a good record, a winning record without John Morant over the last two years, you're not beating the Lakers without John Morant. I don't think anybody could disagree with that. So if he's back, fine. And if he's not, well, it's over. And if the Lakers win game two on the road, I think the series is over, even if John Morant does come back. Okay, uh, we'll check your traffic again coming up in a second here. We got that accident early this morning. Uh, as we came on the air over there, uh, affecting you guys coming in from Eva. Uh, we'll get to that in a sec. Uh, weather-wise today, the National Weather Service says we've got a flood watch in effect and a 60% chance of rain today. Cloudy and windy with winds out of the south, especially a little more windier uh, later on this afternoon. It's tax day with the sports animals here on ESPN Honolulu, and we'd like to invite you to join us uh, tomorrow afternoon at 5 o'clock. We're going to get together with Josh Pacheco, and we put on the really big road show number 10 at Growler Hawaii in Kapahulu. You can come on down and uh, meet uh, in person down at the pub. Uh, seven foot, he's seven foot nine inches tall. Morsek, uh, UH basketball player Morsek is going to join us. Also former volleyball great Bailey Choi. Uh, also added to the uh, list, Lily Wahine Kapu is going to join us. And I believe her sister's coming too. I haven't is had Jovi that. coming too? I'm not sure about that yet. Okay, so Jovi might be coming down too. Anyway, come on down. It, uh, all our guests are live on location. We've got prizes to give away, great food, 5 to 7 p.m. tomorrow at Growler, Hawaii. We'll be right back after this traffic check on ESPN Honolulu. All right, we'll have another update on that uh, traffic on your way in here with the animals. It's tax day. Oh, boy. I miss my little dependents. <laughs> Time to get some more, Chris. No, it's, it's never not. too late. Oh, boy. Uh, we're talking about the NBA playoffs going on. Tanner corrected us during the break, as he often does, that uh, Boston, we were like, hey, I'm going to be disappointed if Boston and Philadelphia don't play in the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, they can't play in the finals because they're the two and three seeds. So it would be like, yeah. In a semis, second round. Right. So they'd meet in the semis and would kind of be like, I mean, really, that's, it's, it's kind of like uh, the 49ers playing the Cowboys in the 90s in the playoffs. That was the real game, right? Not the Super Bowl those years. It's like who get, whoever wins this game gets to beat up on the Broncos or the Bills or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was the deal. All right. Uh, let's see here. NBA playoffs. If you're talking about go, if you're thinking about going to an NBA playoff game, say if you want to watch the New York Knicks, <laughs> you, you you might want to take out a loan. The average ticket for Game Three at Madison Square Garden is going for between eighteen hundred and twelve thousand dollars. If you want to sit courtside, it'll cost you about twenty 
$2,000 on StubHub. Now, if you want four seats uh, way up in what they call the nosebleed section, it's only going to cost you $2,000. My goodness. Well, yeah, I call, we used to call that heaven when you'd go to Madison Square Garden. They were so high up. You were that far away from the uh, court. But, yeah, and StubHub, who I always tell people, charges the most in service fees. That right. $20,000 ticket is a 5251 service fee included. $5,000. What are they doing for $5,200 as a fee? Requ- unbelievable how <laughs> StubHub charges that much. But they well, are it's, costly. I, it's obviously a percentage, right, is what they charge? Yeah, I guess. That's I don't know. Some of these, geek. Yeah, but some of these things, you know what? I think Congress has got to get involved. I mean, it's like these guys, it's, it's, as my dad used to say, it's highway robbery. Where do we get that phrase from anyway? Highway robbery. Hmm. Why not uh, boulevard r- robbery? Highway's a quicker escape, maybe. I'm not sure, but. Highway robbery. That's highway robbery. Trying to check, but you know, those ticket prices are basically highway robbery. I mean, not even close to an average fan. I mean, the cheapest ticket, as you mentioned, maybe you can afford it. It's two thousand. Well, that's the family. The cheapest ticket for the playoff game, I think, was three forty-one. I saw. Uh, if you want to go really high up, uh, from what I've, I've seen in one article here, for one ticket. But oh, that, that's, but that's, that's a, not a, that's not on. So that's not on this service. That's another. That, I'm talking about what's on StubHub. Well, Viv, yeah, Vivid Seats has one at three forty-one. But I, what I know a bargain. the bargain. Well, yeah, but but again, that's without the service fee. With the service fee, that's so four fifty is the cheapest ticket, and you are really high up. Again, even me, right. I don't know if I'd want to be that high. I've never gone into the four hundred level there, and I would not do it for a playoff game paying four fifty to. Be, Barely see, unless with a championship game, that is still overpriced. Every ticket. But if you is can't real. see the game, what's the use of going? Well, because say you were there to feel the atmosphere, you can see it, but it's not a good vantage point. It's still pretty high up. Where again, for me, I'd have to think twice about it. You know how I love going to games, so it's not like that's a bargain for anybody. How many? Uh, how many um, seats are there in Madison Square Garden? Nineteen thousand eight hundred and twelve. Okay, so it's a roughly a little less than twice the size of the Stan Sheriff Center. Yeah. See, the Stan Sheriff Center, if you're in the top row, it's still a great seat. Yeah, that's true. But and actually, Barclays Center is worse. I don't think I've ever been to an arena that is as high up as Barclays. I mean, it's really, really high. It's almost like being in a football well, it's not that high up. But, yeah, I'd have to think twice about that. But how many people are going to be able to afford these? I mean, if you're a rich you know, stockbroker or whatever you have as far as a your income. stockbroker? Well, stockbrokers, when people go to Madison Square Garden, you call the lower level the suits. That's where all the people in suits sit. Right. Because they're all the business people, stockbrokers that can afford Rappers. those thousands of dollars. Rappers. Yes. Uh, they're not wearing suits, though. Uh, but that's how Madison Square Garden is. Like some other arenas as well, but it's just. Arenas? Arenas. But What's it, an arena? It, is it because we're talking about a New York place? <laughs> I think I give you pizza the, on yeah. the opposite of pizza on the way to the arena. And if you want to get fifteen dollar meatballs, they sell them at that arena, arena as well. Wow, uh, that sounds pretty good. How big is the meatball? Uh, I might have shown like, when you were gone. No, they're average. Big size. as a baseball? Three, no, 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 no. Three meatballs, fifteen dollars. I put a picture of three meatballs and a soda. It was twenty three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I bought actual food in an arena in years, and it's $23 for three meatballs. I'll show you the picture later. Unbelievable. Have you driven through a fast food restaurant in Hawaii lately? Y- that yes. doesn't sound that bad. That well, sounds very competitive. That's for a meal. That's, normal prices. That's for a full meal. This is for a drink and three normal-sized meatballs. Not big ones, normal. Average. <laughs> 
Here's a tip. Eat before you go to the game. I always do. I, that's the first time. Again, I, I buy a drink at a game, and that's yeah. usually it. But I bought food for the first uh, time just to try it and see everybody else enjoying themselves. But at that price, I'll enjoy myself another way. Hey, uh, Dan Feldman uh, from the Dunked On podcast uh, is talking NBA with us in about uh, six minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, some congratulations are in order. First of all, Rainbow Wahine's sophomore catcher, Isabella Martinez has become the first Rainbow Wahine softball player ever to earn back-to-back Conference Field Player of the Week awards. That's going back to the WAC days and in Big West, so congratulations. 39 years, I believe, and she was 7 for 10 the week before. This weekend, 6 for 10 with four home runs. I believe she had three the week before. She has been on what they call a tear. Right, well deserving. Six hundred and seven hundred batting averages in these weeks. Yeah, but overall, I guess a six hundred batting average, four home runs, eight RBI. Uh, that was over the, the the Riverside series there. That's in but, one weekend. Yeah, six hundred. Kyson Donahue's like, hey, uh, Isabella, what's your secret? And he, uh, and he's really good. But anyway, uh, congratulations. Yes. Uh, Isabella Martinez. We're going to get her down to a really big road show one of these days at Growler, maybe next month. Yes. Uh, University of Hawaii uh, Wahine Basketball has added a familiar name to their uh, signing class, uh, 2023 signing class. Remember the last name, Ruers? Yeah. I do. What was her sister? Lauren. Okay. Lauren. Lauren Ruers, a former UH player. Well, her little sister is uh, Brooklyn Ruers. Uh, she is going to be the newest addition to the Rainbow Wahine Wasp. The Rainbow Wahine Waster, 6'4 post player. And you She'll said have, little sister? Yeah. She'll have two years of eligibility. Uh, she's uh, transferring from Michigan State. 6'4. Woo! That's got some size. Imagine her with, um, oh, I can't Imani remember her name. Perez. Yeah, Monty Perez and her on the floor at the same time couple of twin towers. Right. That's good to get outside. You lose Callan Spiller. Uh, Orgy, I believe, entered the transfer portal as well. And mm-hmm. Orgy, so you need some size. you got two six four players among the four signees, so that's good. All right. So congratulations and welcome, Brooklyn Ruers. Uh, glad to have you on campus at the University of Hawaii. Good job, Laura Beeman and staff. What a great staff she has, huh? Oh, yeah, they do a great job. You saw evidence of that in the Big West tournament with some of the play calling and defensive strategy and uh, hopefully going for the three-peat themselves next year. Yeah, I'm. you know, I'm, UH basketball seems, to, the men's basketball team, recruiting-wise, it seemed to be a little quiet, huh? Yes, yes. They only announced last, well, last week the guy Cotton from Yale, who we heard about two, three months ago, made right. an official on signing day, which was last Wednesday. And then Justice McCoy out of North Carolina. So you have two transfers, but that's it. I, I'm surprised there's no re, actual, not, I don't want to say actual recruit, but a non-transfer player, somebody maybe from a JC or a high school. Uh, there's still time, obviously, but nothing from last week's start of signing, signing period. Uh, you know what? I'm okay with transfer portal guys. I'm, in, I'm okay with an entire team of transfer portal guys just get good guys yeah ah, i have a total confidence in uh, coach Gannat, and i'm sure he's got something up his sleeve i'm sure they're working on something right now all right uh 631 here with the animals dan feldman from the dunked on podcast on some nba talk coming up next year on espn honolulu on this tax day 2023 we'll check your traffic and be back on espn honolulu
NBA playoff action does continue today. We're going to get into it now as we are joined here on ESPN Honolulu. He's with the Dunked On Podcast. Joining us once again is Dan Feldman. And Dan, I was just wondering if you ever want to rename your podcast, maybe it could be the Stomped On Podcast. But I think Draymond Green <laughs> might have our first dibs on that. Thanks for joining us. Your thoughts on the stomp scene around the world last night? Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, definitely an overreaction by Draymond Green. Demonis Sabonis grabbed his leg, trying to prevent Draymond Green from getting away in transition when Sabonis was on the floor. You know, that's a that's a dirty play. And then uh, Draymond uh, uh, responded with his own dirty play, uh, a play that looked far worse. Uh, I'm not even sure if I should be calling it a play. Um, it was it was dirty. I mean, he he stomped on him. I I don't know exactly how hard it was. I think. Uh, Sometimes in slow motion, those things can look a little worse than they are. Uh, it was still bad. Um, you know, I think Draymond was correctly given the flagrant two, and the uh, bonus was correctly given. I think it would end up being a technical foul, whatever exactly they wanted to call something, you know, less severe on Sabonis. I, I think the officials basically got it right. Both players deserve consequences for what they did. I think that they got it right. It just seemed like everybody's quick to point out Draymond, of course, because of his reputation and past history. But like you said, Simonis is a guilty party in this as well. Draymond did say after the game that the referee told him he stomped too hard. Uh, and I can understand that because even though it might have looked worse, uh, he might have been, been able to do it a little bit less uh, as tough or severe as it was. I guess the big question, though, do you think the NBA will suspend him as a result? I don't think so. Uh uh, we lost Dan here. Uh, Dan, are you there? Okay, we lost Dan Feldman. We'll try to get... Are you there, Dan? Guess not. We'll try to redial up with Dan Feldman. And again, that's what I would think we'll hear either today or tomorrow uh, with the NBA. Dan, are you back? Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm here. I don't think Draymond Green will get suspended, in part because he got such a severe penalty during the game, the flagrant two and the injections. The NBA has a system where if you accumulate a certain number of flagrant points uh, by committing flagrant ones, flagrant twos, then you are subject to an automatic suspension. So I think the legal does go by that. But, man, what Draymond did during the review stoppage, aching on the crowd, shouting profanities at the crowd, uh, he's, he's really, really towing the line and making it a, a harder decision for the league to make. Uh, I think he'll probably get an additional fine for those things. But I think uh, how Adam Silver has run the league, uh, wanting to have star players available on the court for people to watch, I think he won't be suspended. But, man, I'm not certain. Yeah, it's a good way of looking at it, I guess. The other uh, way of looking at the series, of course, besides Draymond Green's situation, is Golden State as a team down 2-0. First time since Steve Kerr has been a head coach that they've been down in the playoff series 0-2. Do you think they can come back? Can absolutely. They've been a much better home team than road team. Uh, they have the playoff experience. If things start to turn in their direction a little bit, like you could see that really, really uh, avalanching in their favor. I think, though, we tend to overstate these experienced teams that we've seen before uh, their chances when they're down. I think we're always waiting for them to flip the switch to figure it out, and every once in a while they do. They usually don't. Teams down 2-0 uh, after losing the first two games of a series on the road, uh, they win just 6% of the time. This is probably you know over. I don't think the Kings' odds are quite as high as 94% in this circumstance, what we know about these specific two teams. 
but the Kings are major, major favorites to advance. They've earned that. They've outplayed the Warriors. Uh, I think more often than the this veteran team with this championship experience, more often than that team uh, figures it out, they just look old and they look worn down. And I think we've seen some signs of that from the Warriors and that's often a thing that, that uh, gets more and more exposed as the series goes on. Not counting out the Warriors, they absolutely have a chance, uh, but I'd bet on the Kings. Sure. Dan Feldman from the Dunked On Podcast joining us on ESPN Honolulu talking NBA playoffs. Today the L.A. Clippers try to make it two in a row at Phoenix. Your thoughts on that series? Uh, what a fun start. That was uh, one of the most fun games of, of the playoffs, Kawhi Leonard versus Kevin Durant. It's, uh, I believe, only one of six times in NBA history We've had uh, players who've won multiple finals MVPs playing each other. I mean, these guys have proven it on the highest level. They're playing like stars right now. Kawhi Leonard was absolutely awesome. The Clippers need him to be. We'll see how he holds up physically from doing all of that. Um, Durant was very good in his own right, but you saw just a little bit of disconnectedness with, with his teammates, which is understandable. He's barely played with the Suns. They're still figuring each other out. They have to do that in the playoffs is obviously tough. I think uh, we, we, the collective we probably uh, underrated the Clippers with Paul George hurt, but Kawhi Leonard is capable of putting this team on his back, and uh, he was being up, obviously scoring too. Same with Durant. It was awesome when they were matched up with each other. I look forward to more of it. Tomorrow, two series resume with Memphis at home and Milwaukee at home. I think the questions, though, are, will Giannis play and or John Morant for Memphis? Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I would say it sounds like, and it's tough to get a read, especially this time of year, it sounds like Giannis is in slightly better shape than John Morant, uh, but that's going to be huge for both. Now, I think the Bucks are uh, ha- have a bigger advantage over the Heat, even if Giannis is, let, let's say, limited in this series. Um, and, and so I'd be more comfortable with, with their odds. Uh, for the Grizzlies, if they don't have John Morant, uh, that is going to be very, very tough. One series that not a lot of people are talking to at a great start. I mean, I'm a Knicks fan, so I can say that. But the Knicks and Cleveland, the four versus five matchup in the Eastern Conference. Jalen Brunson has proven once again he's worth the contract. Donovan Mitchell had a great game, but the Knicks escaped with that win by four. What do you make of that series? Yeah, that's uh, I, it should be a fun series. Uh, physical, hard-nosed. I, I like the intensity and the physicality. Use that word again. Both these teams play with. Uh, I expect this to be a long series. Uh, you know, a, a fun start, and uh, you know, I, I expect both these teams to keep bringing it uh, and going back and forth because you know, look, it's like a lot of four-five series. Uh, that's where you'd expect teams to be evenly matched, and I think these teams are. We saw some of the awards start to come out. Defensive Player of the Year yesterday, Jaron Jackson Jr. from Memphis. Not a big surprise there. The MVP award won't be announced for a while, but what are your thoughts on who will be the MVP? I mean, we know the three finalists, and no surprise there. I know Jokic could win it, but maybe people have voter fatigue. Where are you on the MVP? Uh, I think Joel Embiid probably will win. I think Nikola Jokic deserves it. Uh, but not that it's uh, you know an abundantly clear call. People disagree. I, I don't think that's unreasonable. But to me, one of the things I keep going back to was the Nuggets were significantly better with Jokic on the court than the 76ers were with Embiid on the court. Uh, Jokic's ability uh, to create a like incredibly high-level offense is just astounding. His scoring, his passing, uh, he puts it together in a way that drives team success, which of course is the whole point. Uh, Embiid is better defensively, but Jokic holds up well enough that I think uh, he has the slight edge given his 
uh, large offensive uh, advantages over Embiid, who's a, an excellent individual scorer and has improved as a passer, but doesn't quite drive team offensive level on the same level. Should be a fun contest when we hear the results of that, the results of the final three in every category. Should be a fun couple of months with the playoff just getting underway this past week and a lot more in store for us. Dan, always great talking the NBA with you. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, thank you. Dan Feldman with a Dunked On podcast joining us here on ESPN Honolulu, your home for the NBA playoffs. Yeah, all right. Uh, coming up, it's um, coming up. we've got our high school scoreboard. And is this, the, I believe, are we done with uh, high school baseball? Are they done with the regular uh, season? ILH no, they playoffs got some games coming up. ILH playoffs are starting. We've got a lot of OIA and neighbor island games uh, yet to come. But uh, kind of a, a big game yesterday uh, with uh, Iolani and Kamehameha. That's coming up. Uh, Marcus Mariota has got a good side job. We'll talk about that and more coming up with the sports animals. Uh, we do weather-wise have a flood watch in effect, 60% chance of rain. I see it's coming down already in some places. It's going to be cloudy and uh, a little, especially later on this afternoon, a little windy. So we'll check your traffic now. Drive safely, please. It's uh, getting nuts out there already. We'll be right back with that Marcus Mariota story on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. Basically, you know, looking at the weather forecast, we're going to have rain for like the next week uh, is what they're calling for. Careful, there is a flood watch in effect uh, for the islands. Uh, checking out our scoreboard from Scoring Live, Iolani beat Kamehameha. This is baseball. So Iolani beats Kamehameha yesterday, and uh, that was a... It was it was it was a tight race in the ILH for baseball this year. Checking out the standings, uh, so on the ILH side, St. Louis eleven four and one. Iolani with that win goes to ten five and one, so they're the game out of out of first place. And then you got Kamehameha who who just lost at ten and five, and then Midpacks you know a couple of games out at ten and six. It was a pretty pretty tight race, but uh, St. Louis. In first place in the ILH. By the way, we should give a shout-out uh, on the OIA D2 level. Waianae and Waipahu, both 8-1. and one. Great seasons those guys are having. Kahuku Baseball, we see you too. Good season, guys. Uh, also in uh, baseball, St. Louis yesterday beat Mid-Pack 13-3. Pack 5 over Marinol 12-2. Uh, in boys volleyball, uh, ILH tournament, Punahou over Iolani. Three to one, puns are down one to nothing. They come back with three in a row. Uh, Kamehameha uh, beat HBA three to one. Softball, Pack Five over Damien yesterday, fifteen to four. Oh, I wonder how many. Let's check out uh, Kainoa Wade and see how many slam downs he had <laughs> for um, for Kamehameha. They beat uh, HBA three to one. I'm looking for some stats. And uh, my computer went bad on me. But anyway, we'll figure that out and get that to you. But there's your scoreboard. Thank you guys for the scores at scoringlive.com. And I, am, uh, I, I did not hear the news about Marcus Mariota, but I know you were mentioning him a few minutes ago. 
Yeah, Mark, that's not huge news. It's just kind of a fun deal. Marcus Mariota and Javon Holland are going to be guest coaches at Oregon's annual spring game. Marcus is going to be the coach. Is this old news? Did I pick this up off the old I, news pile? I saw it over the weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I mean, he's such a hero. Uh, in 2022, DeAnthony Thomas, LaMichael James, Eric Armstead, and Haloti Nata were there in the spring game as guest coaches. So this year, uh, they call Marcus a legend, and he certainly is a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, they're going to be the guest coaches. The, the game's coming up on April 29th, but that's good. That's something light. That's something fun. It's something for Marcus Mariota to go back and go, yeah, and, you know, the fans in Oregon to appreciate, you know, what he's done for that school. I mean, don't they have the Marcus Mariota workout center or something like that? Something he donated money for that is named after him. I imagine he'll be beloved there forever uh, for right. everything he meant to that program, to the community, the stories that came out during his collegiate career, and what a great person he was besides being, oh, Oh yes, a great football player. Yeah, he'll he'll never be forgotten there. It'll never it'll never be also diminished as far as what he accomplished. That was fantastic what he did there, and I'm glad he's back there for this spring game. I think I wonder if yeah. a lot of schools do something like that where they bring back former players. Not a lot of schools can maybe. I mean, the, the players you mentioned are all pretty good for Oregon besides Marcus, the Anthony Thomas, and some of the others. They've got some great ones there, but that'd be kind of cool if a lot of schools did that. That'd be cool if Hawaii did that. Yeah, right. I mean, you, you can't. You have former player like well, they do do that right now because Timmy Chang, former great players, <laughs> they bring him back for the frigging. He's game. not a great, he's not a guest coach. He's just the coach coach. Yeah, kind of the same but, thing. You could, but yeah, you could have you know some of the some of the greats that we've had. They're all over town. Yeah, I'd lo- I'd love to see Leonard Peters. I'd love to see Leonard Peters standing next to Chris Brown on the sideline. That would, and then maybe Adam Leonard as a guest coach. Yeah, and then you have your those are your those are your those are your um, Mount Rushmore of biceps for the University of Hawaii. I guess the first Hawaii. thing is you have to have a spring game, and then you can invite the coaches there. Oh, we don't have a spring game. Not this year, we didn't. But hopefully, we'll be back uh, in the future. I was waiting for it, and I was wondering what was going on. I'm just joking. <laughs> Maybe they have a spring scrimmage or something like that. Uh, hey, check it out. Uh, speaking of high school sports, we have on CBS 1500. We've got ILH Boys Volleyball tonight. Hanalani going up against Marinol. Dave Kawada with the call at 5.50. By the way, baseball fans, the Angels will play the Yankees today. Uh, the broadcast starting at 12.25. Uh, coming up on ESPN Honolulu. Let's see. Um, we've got the three things you need to know heading on into work today. And we'll go around the NFL a little bit. We haven't done that in a while. That's coming up with the Sports Animals in the Morning under a flood watch on Tax Day on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Like 
As you're heading on into work, here's what you need to know in the world of sports. Great news with DeMar Hamlin cleared by doctors for full football play. If that makes any sense, he's cleared to play football. He's back in camp for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, cleared for all activities. And when you hear all the negativity in sports and around the world, not often enough do we get a feel-good story. And it was a feel-good story after the fact from January 2nd. But hearing that news this morning, Chris, yeah, that was really uplifting and great news for anybody who's really a human being, also a football fan as well. Right. The uh, Max Holloway, after his win over Arnold Allen, is, uh, well, he, he wants another fight, this time with a Korean zombie. I'd love to see that fight, man. It, it would be great. I'm hoping he's going to get more lucrative fights coming up. And, again, we'd love to have him fight in Hawaii. We talked about it yesterday. Probably not going to happen, according to Dana White. But I'd love to see him getting another title uh, opportunity. It doesn't seem by most reports that Volkanovski will be on his uh agenda anytime soon after losing three times though but you never know yeah we'll see what happens but i'd like to just go up a uh, go go up a weight class and uh continue at it but as you get older it gets harder and harder and harder to keep cutting weight but is look he... at me yeah. <laughs> okay but you know somebody was asking me about max the other day i i looked it up i think he's 30 or 31 he's not i mean is that old for ufc i know for boxers you're not going to fight into your 40s unless you're george foreman or some of the other you got to look at look at how he's fighting look at his fights he's standing at the end trading haymakers he's got he's 20 and 7 he's got 27 fights he's fought a long time i'd be okay if he just said you know for him and his family uh you know i'd, I'd be totally fine if he said hey that was it good night yeah, I mean, selfishly, you want to keep him fight forever, but that, we know that's not going to not happen. Not me. I don't want, you don't want to see that. Well, you want to see him on anyway, top of his game forever, I guess, maybe. As we continue with our uh, top stories here, Draymond Green gets ejected Wolf, uh, from the game yesterday against the Sacramento Kings. The Warriors are down. Uh, not, they're down two to nothing to the Sacramento Kings. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens to Draymond Green if he gets suspended. I don't know if they've got enough firepower to stop Sacramento. I think Sacramento's going to win this with or without Draymond Green. I do as well. I do think where Golden State, not good on the road, really good at home, the playoff experience, the crowd behind them, I think they'll win both games at home. I mean, both of these games that they lost were really close. I mean, they were a Steph Curry three-pointer with the buzzer from tying it on Saturday. And yesterday, even though they were down a lot, they came back and they were down by one with just a few minutes left. It got away from them in the last two, three minutes. They're not that far away, but Sacramento is legit. Uh, and I still think they'll win this series like you said. I think Golden State will make it a lot tougher, though, in the next couple of games. Okay. Hey, uh, okay. So Jalen Hurts yesterday got that huge contract, five years, $255 million, $179 million guaranteed. What does that mean for Tua Tonga-Vailoa? That's kind of an interesting thought because, you know, I guess it, we'll have to wait and see. But as these salaries keep going up, I think the Dolphins are going to want to sign Tua. I know that he's injury prone, but they're going to want to sign Tua I would think earlier than later. If they wait, you know, Tua Tagovailoa, could he be the $60 million a year guy? 
to be if all works out. Well, that, I think that's a big if right now. And we love Tua, but right now he's head and shoulders away from Jalen Hurts as far as productivity on the field and what he would earn or deserve in another contract. Jalen Hurts was an MVP candidate, led them to a Super Bowl. Tua hasn't done anything close to that yet, and partly because of the injuries. And, and that's why Miami hasn't been able to get – isn't willing to give him that extension because they're not sure about him long term. Yeah. So I, I don't, know, I don't I think, think right part, now that means anything for him. I don't think it's partly due to injury. It's because of injury. When Tua is healthy, he has the highest QBR in the league. So it's not partly. It's when he's playing, he's really good. It's like, when I'm bad, I'm so, so bad. But uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, that, yeah, that's that's the only thing uh, that's holding him back. So if he stays healthy, we'll, you know, we'll wait and see. So this is going to be Tua's uh, coming up. This is going to be his fourth season? Yes. Wow, how time flies. Yeah, really. That's that, that true in itself. But again, even again, when healthy, no disputing how good he has been, but he still has to lead them to a playoff run. Again, the equal what Jalen Hurts has done. I, I don't really think, again, I don't, I don't think Jalen Hurts will be worth the money, as I said yesterday, but what he did this year speaks for itself. Tua, I mean, yeah. if you want to get a big contract anywhere close to that, anywhere close to the $40 million plus that these big guys are getting, you're going to have to prove yourself. I mean, none of these guys have gotten $40 million plus without making the playoffs. Even Daniel Jones made the playoffs. So I think you've got to have a playoff run. And again, we know it's because of injury, but when healthy, let's see what they can do. And I think they have the talent to be a playoff team. And they did make the playoffs last year just with, without Tua. Did Kyler Murray make the playoffs? Mm, yeah, though, two years ago they did. Yeah, they lost to the Rams in the okay. first round, I believe. Dak Prescott made the play playoffs yeah. and lost. Yeah. <laughs> well, they beat the Cowboys. They know, beat the Niners the year. Um, oh, they lost to the Niners that game. Sorry. Yeah, there's a couple of forty million plus guys there, but Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, think just imagine if you know. Yeah, it's just a, maybe it's getting tired, but of us uh, making excuses for Tua. But think about if he had the Eagles' offensive line. Think if he had an Eagles' running game as compared to what you've got in Miami. In Miami, I know they're trying to you know build the team, and he's got Tyreek Hill, and, and you know he's they're got a lot of weapons around him, but at the same time. Uh, you know, think if, if Tua played in the NFC instead of the uh, AFC. Well, I'll say this, uh, though. A, you know, there's a lot of that. I, I think, I, I don't know if there's many teams that have the receiving group that Tua does. Who has a tandem right. like Jalen Waddell, um, Tyree Kill, I'm trying to remember the third guy there that they got. Um, they well, Gasicki was there, but he doesn't really fit into what the, you know, uh, coach is doing yeah it wouldn't be cedric wilson who they got as well but they, i mean they've got talent there I, cedric I, wilson's fine i know He's I, I said fine they got number three guy okay okay sure again they've got maybe more talent at the wide receiver spot than any of those other quarterbacks i don't know i mean miles sanders but it takes a lot more than that if nobody can block for the quarterback you can have the best wide receiver in the world ain't gonna matter okay but their offensive line two years ago probably was bad i don't think this past season it was nearly as bad it was not i'm saying the eagles offensive oh. line look at the eagles offensive yeah, line yeah. my gosh they should, they should go into the Hall of Fame together as a unit. <laughs> I know I'm exaggerating. I'm not even exaggerating that much by that statement. Uh, by the way, so Jalen Hurts is $51 million. Aaron Rodgers, the, the man with no team, it seems, right now, he, he's due to make $49 million. Kyler Murray, the most overpaid quarterback, at $46.1 million. Deshaun Watson... 46 million patrick mahomes 45 josh allen is the sixth highest paid quarterback 43 million 
And then you've got Daniel Jones, Matt Stafford, and Dak Prescott all at $40 million a year. I think Tua could be in the $40 million a year area easily. Easily? I I think he could be. I don't know about easily. And, again, could be, I think, is a term you have to really define. Look at it. Right. But as this goes up, what would the – okay, say next year – okay, are they going to pick – after this year, are they going to pick up his option? Hopefully. And if they pick up his option or they can, you know, would they franchise tag him, you know, in the future? Well, what's that? By the time he's franchise taggable, what's that number going to be? It's going to be huge. Just even though it's one year, it's still going to be generational money. Yeah, if you look at it that way, yeah, the salary is going to keep going up. I, I don't think Daniel Jones will be worth that contract. I know he had a good year, $40 million a year. Forget it. And I, you know, back in the day, Patrick Ewing had a clause in his Knicks contract where he had to be among the top five highest paid players in the league. Automatically, he would get a raise if other players did. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> deserves the same thing. There's no way you can, anybody can convince me, I feel, that Patrick Mahomes doesn't deserve more than every other quarterback in the NFL. I know, but Patrick Mahomes is, by the time Patrick Mahomes is done with all of the Super Bowls and all of the attention that comes with it, plus you're on the field, he's going to be making $100 million a year. He'll make $100 million a year when you talk about endorsements, investments. Uh, I mean, he's already a part owner of the Kansas City um, uh, Royals. I mean, it's it's so crazy, and he's so young. It's just crazy money that we're talking about. You know, even like DeForest Buckner, recently they they uh, um, restructured the restructure. Yeah, thank you for the thank you for the word. They restructured his contract, so he's going to make nineteen point seven five million dollars next year. All of it is fully guaranteed. Yet it seems like such small money when we're talking about the quarterback position, isn't it? It is. The disparity between certain positions in the NFL is pretty large. And there was somebody else, I think it was a running back, or Saquon Barkley. I mean, you know, right. he, even though he's not the best he, now, maybe won't be, but he's a Oh, he, I don't know. Look at last year. Well, he had a very good year. Okay, he's among the best. And right. he, was he making like 10, 12, whatever it came out to? The, the salary, the, the, uh, the, the franchise? Um, the franchise number is about $10 million. Yeah, I mean, that, compare that to a quarterback. That's one-fourth of what the top quarterback, even less than one-fourth of what they're making. So there is yeah. a big gap between positions. But the quarterback, we know why they get it. I, again, I thought it, these contracts would level off at some point. Not happening yet. And some of these guys, uh, again, more power to Jalen Hurts. I just think Patrick Mahomes, if you're at Kansas City, just make him number one. If you're, even though he has enough money and he'll make all that money, he deserves more than anybody else in the league. Yeah, it, and, and, and again, it, and pretty soon he'll be the seventh highest paid guy. He signed the long-term – he wanted the long-term deal, right? And that's what you get. If you're going to yeah. do the long-term deal for $400, $500 million, I mean, that's what you get. The, the crazy thing about Jalen Hurts is that, okay, so he signed a five-year deal. That's his second deal. He's going to have a third deal. Imagine if he continues to what you know to do what he's doing now. Imagine what Jalen Hurts' third deal is going to be worth. <laughs> it's it's yeah. mind-boggling. Yeah, yeah. It could be. I mean, you when, when when will this stop? When? What? I mean, like you kind of again. I think half jokingly said a hundred million dollars for quarterback sometime soon. No, 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 no. That's not what I said. I said with with Patrick Mahomes, his total earnings no, I mean, on and off the field. I think yesterday you were saying something like that with these quarterback salaries and how high they're going to get. Oh. When, when will they stop? 
When will they slow down? I'm not sure because, uh, again, I mean, we just take it for granted. You know, $30 million? Oh, that's not too much. I mean, it's crazy, <laughs> crazy money, and that's just for an average quarterback. Daniel Jones gets right. 40. Nobody blinks it at all. You know, it's yeah. perfectly deserving, but wow. Speak, speaking of quarterbacks, the uh, Jets offseason program started yesterday, and uh, Zach Wilson showed up, and everybody looked at him and went, uh, 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 what are you doing here? Well, since Basically, Aaron Rodgers that was the reaction. What, what, what's he doing here? Well, I guess he's number two going into the season if, and I still think it's a, it's a little bit of an if if they get Aaron Rodgers. I know it's almost, I mean, everybody's saying the right thing, but you would think, and there's some people say there's no sense of urgency. Maybe not, but you'd want to get Aaron Rodgers in for OTAs. Maybe not this one because it's voluntary, but by June you would, by the draft you would. Yeah, we'll see. But anyway, so yeah, the, I mean, pro football talk is everyone is saying that Zach Wilson's probably not going to be there. So right now, he's the number one quarterback. Yeah, uh, something called Tim Boyle and Chris Strievler behind him. I remember Chris Strievler. Where do I remember that guy from? I don't know, but Boyle was one of the backups at Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers years ago, a few years ago, whatever. Uh, all right, but it, maybe that's what's holding up the deal. They, yeah, they don't have Joe Flacco, but some people think Zach Wilson will be number two. I don't know if they're just going to release him, but I don't think anybody really cares either. <laughs> <laughs> Jets fans, uh, I'm just happy he's not starting. Hey, you know what? A guy with the na middle name of Capono, I got to support the guy in the NFL. I'd love you know, to. But who knows? Maybe he can sit down and kind of mature up a little bit mentally and physically. And uh, he might be a different guy. Who knows? I mean, you, you wrote off Geno Smith a long time ago, didn't you? Yep. But that doesn't mean every backup who fails, well, not every backup, but high draft choice that fails is going to turn it around. I don't think he was great in college. Geno Smith had a pretty good college career. Zach Wilson lost to Hawaii in the bowl game that year. Uh, and that, not, that, not, not the only reason. He was good. He just wasn't so worthy of a saying? number two Hawaii's overall junk? pick. He shouldn't no. have lost to Hawaii? No, I'm just saying, if, if, you know, if, you, if you're going to lose a bowl game to a, a mid-major group of five team, how are you going to start in the NFL and be legitimate? Well, they're a mid-major. They're a group of five team. BYU? Yes. Yeah, I guess. But, what do you mean, I guess? What conference do they? They're an independent. Right. They're a mid-major. They're, they're not in a power five conference. Okay, the point is, they're, they're t I don't know if that was on or off the air. What I'm talking about is when they played Hawaii. Yeah, they weren't. They're they're a mid major. But anyway, it's a quarter after seven here with the animals on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, we got a flood watch in effect. Sixty percent chance of rain, depending where you are. It's basically going to be cloudy today. Uh, a little windier later on this afternoon. We've had a mess of traffic coming in from the west side. We'll check that. And come back with, um, well, some very interesting news. The Hamburglar is back. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. I, I saw this yesterday. The Hamburglar is back at McDonald's. It, it says McDonald's says they they, they want to make a better burger. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with the McDonald's. I love McDonald's. I mean, I, I don't, I, I can't eat McDonald's uh, nowadays, but uh, yeah. I, I, anyway, so they're making some improvements to their hamburger. Yeah. Uh, they say that their buns will be softer. 
you got soft buns, Gary. <laughs> well, also, I won't say what I was going the to cheese, say. The cheese will be meltier. But it wasn't melty enough. Well, I mean, it could, if it's meltier, I'm, when I see that, I'm curious on how that might taste. So by seeing that, I'd be more apt to try it when I see the when I see that it's in play. <laughs> yeah, the buns will be softer. I didn't know that. Were the buns hard? Okay, what about the buns? And I, I do eat fast food, maybe a little more than you do. But I will say this: I don't eat fast food. You wait a minute. You keep telling me about the apps you use and all the free stuff you get. Oh yeah, it's, see because you can't. You, I forgot about the egg McMuffin. <laughs> I love you McMuffin. Well, what I'll, what I'll say about it, I mean, all fast foods are good in their own right. It's a matter of opinion. But what, sure. I, I, I always praise Shake Shack, and I love it. One of the reasons I like Shake Shack are the buns, which is crazy for a burger. You would think the taste of the burger, is, and it is the most important thing. But the bun at Shake Shack tastes good. So McDonald's bun isn't bad. None of the buns are bad. But if they can improve it, hmm, I'm going to yeah. try it and see. Okay, so can you go to – when are they going to do this? It doesn't say what – you know what McDonald's has now that I just saw two days ago, and this is really right. good? They have a guava and cream pie for dessert. Yeah. And yeah. I had to try it, and wow. it was. I mean, I like the apple pie. I like the jalapeno pie. But the guava and cream pie, not as big. It's a little thinner. It's almost like a Pop-Tart. But the taste—it's oh, like a pop tart. Well, it's it's thin, almost like Are a pop tart. Are there supply chain issues or something on the guavas here? And it was two ninety nine. I speak from experience, but you know what? I'll get it again. Right on. Okay, so but the, so the okay so the buns are softer, the cheese is meltier, and get this: the onions will be added while the patty is on the grill. So I guess they'll uh, they'll cook them a little bit, and then also listen to this. You can expect more sauce on the Big Mac. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. We need more sauce on the Big Mac. Somebody go get some Thousand Island. Oop, I got out the secret. <laughs> Trying to make oh, it Oh, the change is going to happen uh, uh, through early next year. Next year? Also, yeah, it, it's going on, and I guess it'll it'll take a while. But anyway, uh, they're also bringing back the Hamburglar uh, for whatever reason. I don't know in what form or fashion we will see the Hamburglar. But, you know, with Mayor McCheese, it's good to have him back. Okay, and I, I have to say this, and, you know, in fairness, uh, Jack in the Box is coming out with their ribeye sandwich again, and the signs are up. And so I tried to order one yesterday, and the lady told me, oh, it starts tomorrow, which is today. And I was disappointed seeing the advertise, or the, you know, the picture in the screen, but that was great when they had that a few years ago. I mean, really good, really, really good. A ribeye? They call it the ribeye sandwich. Like a ribeye steak? Well, it's, it's just a lot tastier than a normal hamburger. Yeah. It was really good. I mean, you you might you don't you don't remember. Is the cheese meltier? <laughs> Is the bun softer? No, they don't have that yet. Also, you can't really mess up a breakfast jack either. You know. <laughs> All right, back to the show. <laughs> now that we've hungry. got uh, nobody listening, hey, you can always uh, text in to tell us to shut up at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Uh, we'll take your calls, too. The Korean zombie. I don't know if you heard the audio of the Korean zombie. Uh, for folks who aren't familiar, he is a um, he is a uh, mixed martial arts fighter. No one knows his real name because he's just known, I mean, known as the Korean zombie. His actual name is Chan Sung Jung, but nobody calls him that wow. because, you know, it's not memorable. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, his parents, I'm sure, are like, his name isn't zombie. But anyway... He had a big smile on his face in this audio and in his um, uh, in his uh, Korean accent. He was like, uh, oh, he goes, let's 
I'd love to fight you, Max. Let's go anytime, any place. Big smile on his face. And, you know, he's another guy. You're not going to see, and you brought this up uh, yesterday coming out of the weekend, with the respect that Max Holloway had for Arnold Allen. And there's pictures of those two uh, after the fight. Their faces are all bus up, but they're, you know, taking a selfie together and, uh, you know, putting that on online and how much respect they have for each other. You can tell Korean Zombie, uh, that would be great for Korean Zombie's career to fight Max Holloway. And you, that's why he's saying anytime, anywhere. You know I what mean, he's Max right? is a Hall of Famer. Is he ranked? No, I don't. Oh, okay. No, I don't. I, I don't know where he is. I heard uh, um, yesterday on Let's Talk but Sports. But he's very well known. I heard Kanoa Leahy talking about Max Holloway on Let's Talk Sports. And one of the things I wasn't aware of until hearing this yesterday is that uh, Arthur Allen asked Max if he could come to Hawaii to train with him. Arnold Allen? Yeah. Ar- who's Arthur Allen? His brother? Oh, Arnold, Ar- Arnold Allen. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and, and according to Kanoa, Max was a little hesitant because he knows he's going to be one of the guys he's going up against and maybe not wanting to train with a guy who's going to be in competition for maybe for a title at some time soon. But the mutual respect was there as we talked about it yesterday and earlier right yeah. now. Now he's like, hey, you can come train as, as often as you like. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Hey, you know what? And that was a, it was a good, you know, it was a, it was a good fight. And uh, I'm sure that Max would benefit from training with a guy like Arnold Allen. Maybe. I I, just, I guess th- what I got out of that is what is it like training with somebody who you might be going up against in the same weight class for another, maybe a belt or another big fight coming up. So do you want to train with somebody like that? Because maybe you're you're giving away some of your, I don't know, secrets is the right word, but some of your, your, well, you your know, strategy. I, I think it's awesome. I mean, I think, I mean, I mean it's, it's like if you know two guys are friends and they know each other so well and they're stepping into the, into the, so to, the quote unquote ring. Uh, that would be pretty. That would be pretty awesome. I remember it was over just a little over ten years ago. BJ Penn was training here in Oahu, and Matt Hughes, one of his big rivals from before, they were training together for a while. And I guess part of the story of that was they were really big rivals, but they were really on good terms and training together. I don't think they fought after that against each other, but that was kind of the same situation in a way. Mm. But we'll see what's left uh, next for Max. Of course, remember this Saturday, Lima Lay McFarland is fighting as well. Bellator coming up Saturday at the Blaisdell. Yeah, Bellator 295. So Yancey's not fighting. He's in Bellator, but he's not fighting on this card, correct? Yeah, he's not on this card. There are qu- quite a few Hawaii fighters. I believe there's an open tryout today in Waikiki. And uh, I know uh, Kai Kamaka. Uh, open tryout or open, open work, workout? Open, work, open workout, sorry. Open yeah. workout going on. I don't know that I don't know that you have a tryout yeah, a workout. Week, you know, six days before the event. But Kai Kamaka, I know, is one of the up- up-and-coming fighters. had a great early career. I know he is on that card as well for Saturday. Yeah. Right. All right. Get your tickets. Blaisdell box office. Uh, We've got another traffic update coming up momentarily here on ESPN Honolulu. Congratulations to uh, once again to sophomore catcher for the Rainbow Wahine softball team, Isabella Martinez. Uh, She was the uh, Big West field player of the week as opposed to the pitcher of the week. Uh, But she earned back to back awards. And that's never been done in the 39-year history of Rainbow Wahine softball. 39 years. Has Bob Coolin been there for 39 years? That's exactly my first thought. Or is it thought. like 36 years or something crazy? It's it got to be in the mid-30s. I know that, but it's got to be close to the start, yeah. I'm going to look that up right now. And you, you know what? We're going to see uh, how big a star Bob Coolin is to see if he has a Wikipedia page. I'm checking it out. Check it. Twitter. Oh, Wikipedia, Bob Coolin. Robert Coolin, you are a star. 
So he has been the his uh, he has been the head coach at the University of Hawaii since 1990. Well, 1990 he was an assistant coach. 92 to now, uh, he was the uh, head coach. So I guess he wasn't there the whole time. Close enough. 31 years, over a thousand wins, isn't it? Over 1,100, I believe now. I mean, pretty incredible career he's had. Yeah, his overall record is 1,146 wins to 774 losses. Uh, almost a 600 winning percentage. And I hope Bob's listening because we're making him feel really old. <laughs> uh, he was on with us last week, and uh, I know he had some trouble with his van we had heard about. That was fixed. But uh, going to be a grandpa pretty soon as well. Got that going. And uh, I thought he's his, I thought he is a grandpa already. I think I, his son, Bo. I, I, I thought it was supposed to take place in June. I think they announced it a few months ago that he was going to be a grandpa. It's I, going to take place <laughs> or they're due in June. Yeah, that's one way of putting it. The event will take place. <laughs> Buy your tickets now. Hey, okay, so in Wikipedia, he went to Wesleyan, and then he was a pitcher and wide receiver. How about that? He was a wide receiver on the baseball team. Yeah, I didn't know they had a wide receiver there. Uh, it was it was back in the you know it was back in the late seventies, so you understand the uh, difference. But uh, anyway, and the last thing he told us on the interview last week, I did take a little exception to. He said, "Go Celtics." <laughs> Big Celtics. <laughs> the, fan. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, I don't. We got on Bob Coolen, but congratulations, Isabella Martinez. Also in uh, recruiting news, Rainbow Wahine basketball. Added Michigan State transfer Brooklyn Ruers uh, to their roster. That name Ruers sounds familiar, doesn't it? Why does it sound so familiar, Gary? Well, her older sister, not much older, but Lauren Ruers was a player here up until 2020. So it wasn't that long ago that we had her older sister. Probably helped a little bit, at least in recruiting transfer from Michigan State. One thing I, I would think that would be taking place with this program is that you go to back-to-back -to -back NCAA tournaments. Yeah, again, you're a Big West team in the group of five, but you're going to get some recruits that you might not have gotten otherwise. I mean, this program is doing really well right now. Laura Beeman has done such a great job, and going to the NCAAs is a big deal. I don't know about next year yet, but back-to-back, -back, the way they play with all the returning players, I'm sure there's a pretty attractive program for a lot of the recruits out there, whether it's just high school JC or transfers. Yeah, 6'4", six, 6'4", four. Six, four post player. I wonder if she can shoot threes. Yeah, we'll try Am to find I out greedy? more about Am I being too greedy? No, optimistic, optimistic or hopeful. But, again, they lose two bigs in Spiller and Orgy. So, I mean, you need something to replace them. You got two in this recruiting class, so that's good. Okay, so uh, let's see. That's the fourth player in the signing class. Uh, Vivian Barrett is a 6'4 center. Brooke Morell is a 6'2 forward. And Jade Peacock, 6'0 guard. Nice. Maybe we, we can get some we got some size. We can find out more about these recruits tomorrow as Lily Wahini Kapu will join us at Growler. Maybe she'll give us a little more insight. Yeah. And uh can you imagine Lily standing next to all of these guys? <laughs> Lily's five listed at five seven. But she played I, I mean I I just fell in love with her game. I mean, really watching her this year. I mean, I knew she was good, but she impressed me not just with her physical ability, but also her court sense. Really yeah. smart player. Love watching her. Yeah, so you mentioned Growler Hawaii. So we're going to be at Growler Hawaii tomorrow. It's our really our tenth really big road show, and it's going. We're going to have Bailey Choi, UH Basketball's Morris Sec, Lily Wahine Kapu. We're hoping Lily brings her sister as well, and uh, we're going to be there from five to seven. We got great food. We got prizes to give away. It's just a real laid back atmosphere. All the uh, guests will be live in person. Come up, and they're always so friendly with people. 
So uh, come on by and um, um, you know meet your favorite athletes or former athletes from the University of Hawaii. Again, tomorrow, 5 to 7 at Growler Hawaii in Kapahulu. they got a good parking deal uh, right in, uh, underneath the pub. It's really cool. Check it out. If you haven't been there before, they got a hundred. They got up to a hundred taps, of whether it's seltzers or beers or whatever's in those taps. It's really a cool, cool place. So come on down and join us, won't you? Hey, we'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu as we get into more of the NBA and also uh, the NBA got smart. They got, they got something. They got pretty smart with this new um, this new collective bargaining agreement they signed. And I'm not sure how this is going to go over, and it's kind of a long way. It's a it's a long tease, but they're going to have basically they're going to they're going to be required to have a combine. If you're going to get drafted, you got to go to the combine. It's coming up on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. It's going to be cloudy all day today. We've got some, uh, well, they say 60% chance of rain. Got a little here and there. It's going to kind of, kind of be wet for the next week, I guess. Uh, so that's what the forecast calls for. I heard even a chance of hail again either tomorrow or Thursday, which I wasn't a part of last month, but that doesn't happen here too often. No, the only hail I want is Dan Hale. Come on. <laughs> Shout out to Dan Hale. Let's go, Saints. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, we're under a flood watch, too, if uh, that wasn't enough. Getting those emails, yes. Traffic seems to be a little bit better. For some reason, we're getting a bunch of texts asking if there's a call the coach with Charlie Wade. There's no call the coach. Uh, Charlie, those guys are hit, they're, they're uh, going to be flying out tonight. Uh, uh, we do not have a uh, call the coach. I mean, they're flying later on tonight, but we weren't able to uh, swing that. But we will be. We do have our a uh, really big road show. If you want to come down and say hi at Growler Hawaii, like we mentioned tomorrow from five to seven p.m., Lily Wahine Kapu and Bailey Choi and Morissette and uh, others. So come on down and join us for that. All right, I was mentioning the the NBA. They're smart. So what they're going to do is the the NFL's combine is you know it's not a huge television event. The NFL combine. But for draft nuts and NFL, uh, you know, hardcore fans, they'll watch it. And I'll look and how did my favorite guy doing the three-cone drill, where most of us are like, eh, yawn. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. They call it the Olympic, un- the uh, the underwear Olympic. You put that it. down with that comment, yet you will be glued to every minute of the NFL combine, which aren't they doing the same drills, basically? No, you know what? I, I I've, I've, The last few years, I've kind of <laughs> shied off of it. I don't know. Oh, look at this guy. He can throw so far. He can throw the ball over, you know, over – 80 miles an hour. It's, I don't know. It's it, it doesn't seem to tra- – it, more and more it doesn't seem to translate into the NFL. What I like to do is watch highlights of it because you'll see some offensive line – 320 offensive linemen, you know, run a great 40 or something like that. Those are kind of the interesting things. But I'm not going – I'd rather go play golf than sit in front of my TV on a Saturday waiting for something great to happen. Oh, the combine's going on for – you don't want to see Rich Eisen run the 40? That's kind of fun, but that again, is, it'll, yes. it'll be on YouTube five minutes after <laughs> yeah, he does it. Right. So anyway, the NBA is getting smart. So they just had their uh, new collective bargaining agreement signed, 
And um, they're coming out and saying basically this. If you want to be drafted in the NBA, you must participate in the process of the combine. So if you don't want to go into the combine, then you got to wait a year and you you can be drafted the year after that. I hate that. Explain. Well, I hate that. But let's give a few. Ex- I'll give a few examples why I dislike that. Let's say you have previous plans. Where let's let's say you're a European as an example, or even a college player. You might have plans where you're going to the pro day, the workouts, individual workouts, where they bring players in. But that week of the NBA Combine, which I believe is in late May, usually you have something you need to do, or going to do, or plan to do. Now you're going to be basically banned for one full season because you can't make that three day event. I don't think that's right at all. How could you not make the three-day event if you want to be an NBA player? What, what do you mean you can't make it? Like it was it was your birthday and you already bought well, let's tickets? Say, let's that... say you're getting married. Let's say your brother's getting married. Let's say well, any... well, it's not this year. It starts in 2024. you got a year to plan. Still, you shouldn't be bound by something like that. I don't think that's fair. I'm surprised it's actually going to go over. And have, Your opinion is quite childish. No, it's not. It's, I, think there, I bet there are a lot of players that feel the same way. Now they're being forced to go to a combine that they don't really want to. Let's say you're a second-round draft pick. You gotta go to, well, second-round draft picks might want to go because they're going to improve their stock. But if you're somebody like Zion Williamson, did he go to the combine? I don't perhaps, think so. Perhaps he should have, and they would have seen how injury-prone he was. He probably wouldn't have made it out of the combine without breaking a foot. I think they knew how injury-prone he was besides going for a three-day event in Chicago at the combine. I, I understand their point. I, I just don't, like, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it should be necessary. I think it's great for the fans. The fans get to actually see this television event. Now, the NFL doesn't require you to, do, you know, to be in the combine at all. Bryce Young, what did we see him doing? Walking around with a backpack, yucking it up with his other quarterback pals. Oh, they, they'll go to the interviews. But part of the reason they're doing this is, and I'm reading this at ESPN.com, league, um, they are going to be required to have medical examinations, sharing of medical history, and biochemical and functional movement testing, blah, 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 blah. So what agents have done in the past is that um, they would kind of steer the elite prospects away from less attractive franchises. So I'm not going to give the less attractive, uh, I'm not going to give the Houston Rockets any medical information on my client because I really want to kind of steer him to a better team. It's something they've been doing for a while, and this will eliminate that. So number one, that's a good reason. But number two, the NBA, I think, is looking for a television event. Because the skills competition in basketball is going to be way more interesting than a skills competition in football or the skills activities they do in football. But it's I mean, not a competition. It's like they do the high. I shouldn't say competition. But they're going to be showing how well they can shoot, you know, and, and, and doing these things. I think, it's a, I think it's great that you make these guys audition in front of everybody and everybody's on an equal playing field. And I think the teams will end up liking it because they can actually look at these players on the same setting. Well, as far as the medical records, I mean, they can do that without the players being present if they don't want to. As far as having the players to look at, they bring in usually six players at a time for like a day or two, and they'll go through three-on-three workouts. What I'm saying is this is a television event. 
They're going to make a lot of money from this event on television. And so as fans, you don't get to watch those individual workouts, do you? No, but you're not, they're not doing a lot of scrimmaging at the combine. It's a lot of vertical jumping and stuff like that. It's just drills right. for the most part. Well, okay, but it might be something that's interesting to watch. I, I commend the NBA as they move forward to try and improve the product. I think it's I think it's an absolutely fantastic idea. And they're letting you know a year in advance. So if you're like, hey, on that day, it was going to be something. Well, you know what? This is your professional career. What's your priority in life? To show up for a couple of days to audition for your new job that's going to make you a millionaire? Or is your sister's wedding more important? Well, your sister can change her wedding day that day. You tell the sister that. Uh, they can audition other ways, though. I, I don't I don't really like it. It's not going to make me watch any more than okay, I Okay, do. don't watch it then. Don't watch But it. I'm a big basketball fan. I'm talking about you. No, making... no, you're not allowed to watch your band. Okay, that's fine. But no how, many other play, how many other people who are pretty big basketball fans aren't going to go out of their way to watch it because of this? Probably a lot. I don't know. I don't know, but I think it's worth I, – I think I commend the NBA – uh, for giving it a try. Now, I think a lot of people that, that were this year. So I guess this guy, uh, uh, Victor Wembanyama. Wembanyama, yeah. Wemby, what Wemby. do they call him? Yeah. I don't know that, you know, Wemby is going to be probably the number, you know, not probably. He'll be the top pick overall. Poor guy. Where's he going to go? Detroit? Houston? Who, oh, San Antonio? Jeez. Anyway. Uh, the draft uh, for the NBA, by the way, is on June 22nd. But the NFL draft is uh, coming up, and Bryce Young is now an overwhelming favorite to go first overall. We'll tell you why coming up on this Tax Day 2023 with the Sports Animals in the Morning on ESPN Honolulu. I didn't see this. They said the rail is going to start. The rail is going to open in July. You see that? <laughs> no, it is. Oh, you made me laugh. Mayor Blangiardi said the rail is going to start in July. And uh, Lori Kahikina, this is from the Honolulu Star Advertiser. She's the executive director and CEO of the uh, of Heart. Uh, no relation. Uh, she did confirm. Yeah, it's going to be, I guess, on um, Mayor Blangiardi in his State of the City address, she thought he was going to say, we're going to be opening this summer. Instead, uh, Mayor Blangiardi says, we're going to be open in July. She's like, uh-oh, scramble. <laughs> anyway, that's good news. I mean, it's going to go from Kapolei to, what, Aloha Stadium? I mean, there's no reason, what used to be, there's no reason, I guess, to go over there unless you live there. But um, I don't know. I think a lot of people in, uh, you know, you might want to, you live in IAEA, you might want to jump on the rail at Pearl Ridge and, Head out to uh, uh, Kapolei for whatever reason, or folks from Kapolei jump on the rail, go shopping at Pearl Ridge. I don't know what you would. I don't know what the other stops in between. It doesn't seem like a real long ride. No, not like this is a, a small, small portion uh, of this uh, of the rail. But hey, at least they're you know they're 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 fixing up some of the things that broke, and they're doing all this testing still. But they said, that, hey, it's open in July. Well, I hope it. I hope that's true. But we've been fooled before with opening dates for things yeah. that haven't opened yeah. on time, like the well, rail. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> like the rail. 
Anyway, but it would be so great. The, I mean, whenever it happens, I thought it was going to be the same day as Aloha, the new Aloha Stadium opening, but um, maybe not. That's encouraging news, if any, if nothing else. Well, at least if somebody if they want to jump on it before their lifetime is over, uh, that day is coming up. Just hold on until July, everybody. <laughs> I want to hear the prices. Um, I want to see how many they have. I mean, as far as like how, I mean, how many what? How many how many trains they have? Is it more than two? Yeah. Have you ever seen the the yard in Waipahu? No, I have. Like twenty of them. Oh, really? Yeah. You, you drive by. It's out on the street. You, it, <laughs> okay. you live in Waipahu. My goodness, you've never seen it. I'm sorry, I've missed the rail yard. <laughs> it's on a main street. You have to get out of your. You have to leave your house once in a while. I do leave my house like every morning at five, whatever. Anyway, but um, that's encouraging news. Hopefully, it will open sooner than later. But I thought the last day we heard. Months ago was like twenty twenty seven or t- around there. Well, it depends. Now they're saying, "Hey, if we don't have enough money to finish this thing, we're not going to finish it." But at least for now, yeah, I'm go- You know, at least for now, congratulations. Coming up in July, you can hop on the train. Hopefully, talking about the NFL draft, they say now that uh, Bryce Young is an overwhelming favorite to go first overall. Now, he's always, I thought, been a favorite to go first overall, but maybe some people think C.J. Stroud would have gone number one overall. But now they say he's an overwhelming favorite uh, to be picked number one. So if you were betting on this in Las Vegas, say it, bet GM, uh, bet MGM, you would have to bet $2,000 to make $100 <laughs> betting on Young to go number one overall. Would you do, would you risk that? Well, if I'm the GM of Carolina, I would, <laughs> because they can make a right. ton of money betting on that. Because you're that's there your you team. Go. The uh, okay, so the reason this, and you're probably saying, Chris, why is he now the overwhelming favorite instead of just the favorite, Chris? Because yesterday, that uh, he canceled his uh, workouts for all the other teams. So basically, what we're saying here is the Carolina Panthers have told him, Bryce, we're picking you number one. Start house shopping. That's what they've told him. But how come the Panthers haven't, according to football talk, pro football talk, uh, he has not been told that, and that's from the Panthers GM. But again, they're going to say that publicly. You're never going to. They're lying. Su- well, I think that's what I was going to say. Don't believe probably a lot anything of any mm. GM says this close to the draft. But if Bryce Young, I can believe Bryce Young, or maybe he just doesn't want to work out for anybody anymore. He's like, ah, I'm done. But there have been other players that I think have canceled workouts or have uh, specified that they're only going to work out for top 10 teams. I think Jalen Carter might have done that, things like that. Would, would it be a big shock, though, if it's C.J. Stroud? Di- no, but that's a different – that's a that's totally different, somebody only working out for top 10 teams because he's saying, hey, you know what? If you're picking 17th, don't waste my time. That, that's smart to do. He's just saying, hey, you know what? I've auditioned for a few teams. Panthers told me they're going to pick me. Why do I need to go work out for somebody else? Well, especially at this time, the draft is nine days away, so I don't know if anybody has to work out this close to the draft, do they? Oh. Anyway, that's what they're they're saying in Vegas. But, I mean, can you imagine the house you can buy in North Carolina for NFL quarterback money? No, I'm not sure about the pricing there. Yeah, it's it's uh... <laughs> on the inexpensive side, comparable comparable to other states. Yes, it's a uh, very inexpensive to live, and it's beautiful in North Carolina. By the way, there's a study that came out 
And um, what do you think the most expensive city to live in is in the U.S.? Oh, I would say New York or San Francisco. No, it's Honolulu. Okay. A new study that. has found that you have to make $312,000 a year to live comfortably in Hawaii. And that means not living in a shoebox, eating nothing but instant noodles, and paying your high local tax bill. Now, New York, you need to you need to have three hundred thousand dollars. So Honolulu and New York are at the tops. Chris, can I get a raise? Now, I'm a little short of that three hundred twelve. Memphis came in as the most affordable city, along with El Paso, Oklahoma, Houston, and St. Louis. That's pretty good, Houston. That's a nice place to live. Yes. I bet. It's uh, all right. Just before the top of the hour here, we're going to check your traffic. We come back here on ESPN Honolulu with uh, less depressing things to talk about <laughs> with the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. Last night I dreamt I was returning and my heart called out to you but I Good morning. Under a flood watch, you got the animals here on ESPN Honolulu. Is that really going to be hail? Where did you see that? Uh, I forget if it, I think it might have been KH12. I forget which. I think it was KH12 last night. They had possible hail, and it was for either on way. Oahu. Yes. Well, we had it wow. last month. I kept reading about it last month when I was back east that you guys had it, but it's either for Wednesday or I Thursday. I don't remember. Tanner, you know, did you have hail? Crack open your mic there. Did you see hail? I saw the videos of hail. Yeah, I saw the videos of it, too. Yeah. <laughs> you live here, Chris. You were here that whole time. Get we out once about in a while, I remember talking about this with you. I must have been napping. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, we are gonna, it's going to be a little windier this afternoon, cloudy, and really starting, I guess, tomorrow. We'll have rain for about a week. Now, I understand. So the rest of the United States is going through a cold front. We're, we're going to get a little chillier here, which will be very, very nice. Well, they were going through a cold front. I know back east it's hitting 90 degrees, 88 degrees for the last few days. I was reading they got one coming up. I guess it's oh, okay. coming Another and one? going or something like that. Yeah. But anyway. All right. Uh, on your way in today, you got a late start. That's okay. We're here to bail you out. Three things you need to know in the world of sports. Number one. Uh, Buffalo Bill DeMar Hanlon, who suffered cardiac arrest on the football field a few months ago, is cleared to play. He's 100% healthy and cleared to play football again as they uh, as the Bills enter their OTAs. Great feeling I have, I think many of us have, because a lot of times when you see these tragic injuries on a football field, they don't always end so well. And to see this, to hear this news today is just fantastic for DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, very, very good. Marcus, uh, Mark, not Marcus, well, Marcus Mariota is going to coach in the spring game. That's not one of the biggest things you need to know for Oregon. But uh, uh, Alexander Volkanovsky has an urgent plea for Max Holloway. I think this comes from SB Nation. Get out of my division. Stop <laughs> beating my contenders. Max Holloway is beating up everybody in the featherweight division in the UFC except for Alexander Volkanovsky. But since Max has beaten up these guys, then Volkanovski's got nobody to fight because they're all getting beat up by Max. <laughs> Fourth time a charm, maybe, for Max. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know if you think. I don't know if they'll ever get a, a a title shot again. I mean, I shouldn't say never, but it's just if somebody look. 
if Volkanovski gets upset, I forget who he's fighting coming up. If he gets upset by somebody, yeah, you got to have Max fight the guy. But to have him fight Volkanovski for a fourth time, I don't know that Dana White does that. Anyway, yeah, yeah. we move on. We move on. Draymond Green was ejected uh, after stepping on Domantas Sabonis's chest and yesterday, know, and it was kind of controversial. Sorry, go ahead. I watched the replay again during the break, and I'm even more on Draymond's side now because one of the things that I noted this time is that as Draymond tried to move up court and escape, uh, Sabonis grabbed onto his leg and would not, or his ankle and would not let go. So he's trying to right. free himself and he can't let go. So when he finally is free, for him to stomp like that, you know what? He's wrong, but I don't blame him in this case. I also give Draymond credit for this. The, I mean, what he did with the fans, I thought was entertaining watching it live yesterday. But it's also wrong to get them riled up that way. But he left the court immediately. He spoke to the media afterwards. You know, some players would just stay away from all that. He, he's not trying to uh, shy away or escape the situation. He'll face it, and he gives his version of it or what happened, why he thinks he was in the right, but also getting the crowd riled up. I mean, I know it's not the right thing, but as a basketball fan, that was kind of fun to see. He's lucky there was no violence because sometimes when players do that, we've seen the result a la the malice in the palace. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to get in a dark alley. With the fans, you think? I mean, you're saying that something would erupt in the stands? Oh, I don't know if you saw it yesterday. We we don't sometimes see it. We've seen it once. Actually, somehow I just saw a video on Twitter earlier where back in the 80s, Bob Lanier hit a fan. And, I mean, it doesn't happen that often. No, that's not what happens. twice in 50 years. But but still, (laughs) you're getting the fans riled up. They might throw things. I mean, as far as the physicality of the malice in the palace, no, that's a rare occurrence. But as far as fans throwing things on the court, no, I've been to games when that's happened. And they have to stop the game or call it. Oh, yeah. I remember it very well. In fact, the guy what next to me. Throw, like they throw their shoe or something? To be what honest, are they throwing okay. on the court? Back in the day when I was at a Nets game, there was a fight going on in the court with Artis Gilmore, who you might remember. And the fan no. next to me, for some reason, I told him, hey, throw throw that on the court. And he took his hot dog wrapper and threw it and hit a player. And then he got kicked out Ooh. of the arena. I didn't even know the guy, but I told him to throw it, and he got kicked out of the arena. And he hit one of the players. Was the player hospitalized with the, when the hot dog wrapper hit him? They can hurt if they hit you in the right spot. That's not the point, though. But there were other people throwing stuff. Somebody actually ran on the court and you. stole the basketball in that one as well. It was kind of fun. Oh, see, there was a – was it – was I don't know if you were back from vacation, if I was discussing this with Tanner or you, but there was a, a Major League Baseball game where they had $1 hot dogs. Yeah, you, that was last week. And I was so, here. Okay, so that was last week. So they had $1 hot dogs. And so all the fans, they disagreed with the umpires since, you know, you went there and said, give me 10 hot dogs. And they sold something like 60,000 hot dogs, uh, you know, by the third inning. And then uh, they had to stop the hot dog sales because they were getting mad at the refs. And they're only a buck, so they're throwing the hot dogs on the field. And then, you know, in basketball, if uh, three meatballs cost $15, they're not throwing the $15 meatballs on no, the no. court. I'm okay, a couple of things. One, they weren't refs. They were umpires, but I know what you mean. Oh, sorry. And it was in <laughs> Philadelphia. You could understand that happening. If it happened in Miami or Tampa where they're mostly retirees, that's not going to happen. Uh, but they can't reach the field. Well, that's just going to say they can't reach the only They threw them a lot. Those guys got showered by wieners in the second row. <laughs> But uh, going back to Draymond. Like, hey, Margaret, I almost made the, <laughs> I almost hit center field that time. It was great. Let's get in our golf cart and go home. Watch out for the critters. Oh, boy. Did you see Draymond, though, with the fans, though? 
I mean, no, I didn't. He's urging him to get louder, loud, like putting his hand to his ear. I can't hear you. Get louder. Oh. And he was yelling uh. at fans in back of the bench. But then he ran off the court, talked to a couple of teammates, and ran through the tunnel. I'll give him credit for talking to the ref, getting an explanation. Didn't seem that mad at that point, and just jogged off the court and then went to the press conference after. I'll give him credit for that, even though getting the fans like that wasn't the smartest thing. But, again, watching it, it was kind of fun. Yeah, people are crazy nowadays. You don't know who's in the, in the exactly. audience. Yeah. I think that's why. I think. I mean, that's the difference between now and you know the '70s when artists. Is it '70s when artists Gilmore played? Yeah, it was like the, it, I think it was in the '80s, but right different. around there. Yeah, when I watched that, fans, I saw that fans have a uh, fans have a, uh, a, a um um they're they're more entitled now too as fans. As oh, they were sure. Days, I imagine. But uh, anyway, call 808-296-1420 if you want to get in on the conversation with the animals this morning on ESPN Honolulu. It's uh, nine minutes after, and uh, did you, ha- you you had something? Well, we had a text that just came in on that. <laughs> Somebody just simply texted oh. in, Draymond's a buffoon. Yeah, but I mean, you know what? Because he's a buffoon, television networks can't wait until he retires to get him behind a mic full time. Yeah, TNT would love to have him. They've had him on in limited capacity from the bubble year and the years Golden State wasn't going far or going to the playoffs. Yeah, you're right. He's, he's definitely going to be on TV. He's got his podcast. That's very popular. You know, he's a buffoon, but also he's one of the better defensive players, maybe not ever, but right now in the NBA. He wasn't a finalist this year. wasn't his best year, and he'll be a free agent, but he's also a really good player. Not as much offensively, but still, he's a really big piece of those championships for Golden State. And you want a guy with all of this playoff experience in the playoffs yeah. right now. By the way, you mentioned this earlier uh, today, but Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, is the defensive player of the year in the NBA. He's the power forward or center for power the forward. Memphis for the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. I'm just going off of what ESPN says, but he's the second youngest defensive player of the year in NBA history. Who was the first youngest? You know, I don't know, and I just saw that. Didn't have a chance to look it up, and I was trying to guess. It wouldn't be Rudy Gobert. It wouldn't be Draymond Green. I can't tell. I mean, it says, okay. Uh, oh, I thought you had the answer. I'll find out. I, he, he, Alvin Robertson and Kawhi Leonard and Dwight Howard. He ties those three wow. as the only 23-year-olds to win the award. So it's uh, Howard. Uh, who Howard is the youngest, Tanner? He's on the phone right now talking to somebody. Oh, okay. I guess with Dwight Howard, right? Ah, Dwight Howard would be the guy. Yeah. yeah. So Dwight, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Dwight Howard uh, was actually younger. Was actually younger than Jackson when they got the award. So even though he was 23, they're all 23, but he was, you know, 23 in less months. So Dwight Howard uh, was the youngest guy. Uh, Grizzlies allowed only 106 points per 100 possession, possessions. With Jackson on the floor. Remember when that was a big number, 106? <laughs> but that's not per game. That's per 100 possessions. That's 100 one possessions. measuring uh, tool that they use now for that. Mm. I wonder how many points a game it was. And, you know, he, he was a lottery pick, and he was injured a lot his first couple of years. So I'm glad for him. I believe he also, if he didn't lead the league in block shots, he had about three a game. Another reason why he gets Defensive Player of the Year. Now, a lot of people thought maybe Brooke Lopez would have been yeah. the defensive player of the year. He finished second in the voting. Yeah, he was a finalist. Uh, depending on if you're voting first, second, or third, they have a point, uh, the way they do the point deal. So Jaron Jackson got 391 points. Brooke Lopez, 309 points, which is still a lot. 
Uh, Evan Mobley got 101 votes, and then there's the rest of the, you know. Then you got Draymond Green and Bam Adebayo, and Giannis got a couple of votes. Uh, Joel Embiid got a one first-place vote even. I believe you'll have almost every award this week except for MVP. They're not doing what they had that ceremony, that like Hall of Honor that the NBA, uh, NFL does, but you're going to have Sixth Man of the Year, Coach of the Year, uh, Clutch Player of the Year, and maybe Rookie of the Year this week, and I believe MVP the following week. All right. Uh, also, they have a new award, Best Dressed of the Year. Are you, are you serious? No. Oh, I'm never that wasn't serious. sure. <laughs> uh, Chemo's calling in at 808-296-1420. Welcome to the show. Hi, Chemo. Hey, good morning, guys. Hi. Hey, I just want to make a comment on Draymond. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I just want to make a comment on the Draymond Green uh, incident. You know, I, when I first saw it, I thought it was really bad. But when you look back on it, he doesn't really stomp on him. You know, when you think of stomping, someone, like, puts his full uh, weight on the person. But yeah. you look at it, his left leg is on the ground, and he kind of pushes off with his left leg. So he's not, like, putting his weight on uh, the other dude. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not justifying what he did. But it seemed like more of a, like, like a pro wrestling move where you, you, you make a move that, you know, worse than it actually is. But um, cause, I think you know, there's a little bit of acting on the other guy's part because he didn't really get his weight on his, on his chest. If you uh-huh. look really well, he puts his weight on his left side. Oh, we, we lost, lost you, Kimo. We did have a bad connection. I get what you're saying. It was an exaggerated move like a pro wrestler, right? I'm going to hit you with my forearm and while I'm doing that, I'm going to stomp on the plywood underneath the canvas so it makes a loud noise. That's what you saw Draymond Green doing. But basically, yeah, I, you know what? I, I think Sabonis, so he got a technical, right? Yes, technical yes. as well. I think he should be, I mean, I don't know if it's the difference between a flagrant two or a technical or whatever all of this is. But what I'm getting at is that um, he should have been, I mean, he could have seriously injured Draymond Green by holding his ankle as he's trying to run down the floor. Yeah, and that's he, just that's just really bad. And as you said in the six o'clock hour, you started it, but you're right. He was the instigator. Now uh, Sabonis got X-rays after the game. I believe they uh, came up clean. But now Draymond Green, smart move on his part again. He told the team he was feeling some pain from his ankle, so he went to get X-rays. And I think he's doing it purposely to send a message. Hey, I'm not. The, he's not the only guy who got maybe injured in this. I could have been injured as well. I mean, I don't think the X-ray uh, results have been made public yet. And I'm pretty sure they'll be negative the way he ran off the court. He seemed fine anyway. But, again, Draymond Green, a lot of, you love him or you hate him. I don't think there's any in-between there. And I admire his play because I think he works really hard. He's a smart player. And I love the hustle where maybe you're not the most talented like a Michael Jordan, LeBron James, but you still make up for it in so many other areas. Not everybody can do that. And I love players like that. It reminds me a little bit of Charles Oakley and the, the hustle and work ethic. But he obviously uh, – Goes across the across the line sometimes, and we've seen that a few times over his career. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. I don't know about that. He's probably going to be in the running for that. I think it's also interesting because let's, whenever Golden State ends their season, he's going to be a free agent, and he has mentioned a couple of times that he wouldn't mind joining LeBron in L.A. He has a house in L.A. that was broken into during the Rams Super Bowl game because he was at the game, so he already has a residence there, and Golden State does not want to give him a max deal. I think at his age, with everything he's been through, he still means so much to that team, but I think little by little, you're going to see Golden State and you've already seen it a little bit with bench players, but you're going to see some of these key players 
beside uh, Steph and Clay Thompson maybe start to leave. I don't know about Andrew Wiggins. He's still pretty young. But Draymond mm-hmm. Green could be gone next year. And I don't know if yeah. he'll be the same impact player on the Lakers or any other team. He's a perfect fit for Golden State. He wouldn't be a perfect fit with every other team. I would hate to see him play for the Lakers. I know, I, me too. I don't, I don't have anything against the Lakers. But Draymond Green, with, with, their, with the Golden State Warriors' big three, just they're going to age out soon anyway. Just stay where you are. Well, he wants money though. He wants to get paid. They're not going to give him the max deal. Oh, so I mean, I, I can see, I can understand that. I mean, it's a risk on their part. They've been paying so much to Steph and Clay. They've got to draw the line somewhere, and they, I'm sure they'd love to keep him. All things being equal, but not at that price, not at that age, and not with a little bit of the baggage. That's the talk, anyway. That's not just my opinion. So I, I, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out this summer. But he's even indicated that it might be time for him to move on, and he has mentioned LA, which is almost mm. tampering in a way. But it doesn't happen to players; they can't get fined for that, I guess. But uh, he, it could be his last go around with Golden State. And I, again, I, I do, think he's a perfect yeah. fit there um, with other teams. I'm not too sure. We thought other guys would be a good fit in L.A., but uh, Russell Westbrook is never walking through that door again, as an example. It's okay. I feel bad for Draymond Green because he only makes like $25 million a year. <laughs> I can see how you're like, uh, I don't know if I can. I'm, you know, I'm borderline middle class. At but take, think of that. If, if it's $25 million, I'm, I'm taking your word for it. $25 million with what he's accomplished, he is a little underpaid, which sounds crazy. You it's, know why? Because Steph Curry makes forty-eight yeah. million, mm. Clay Thompson makes forty million, Andrew Wiggins thirty-one and a half million dollars. He made the All-Star wow. team last year, uh, but Whew. still, that's that's again. I think all those guys are overpaid, except for maybe Steph with what he's brought to that team, of course. But for Draymond, you can understand that. I mean, he's helped them win championships. He's been Defensive Player of the Year. He's been an All-Star. And again, he's not maybe quite the same. He's a little limited offensively, to say the least. He's not a good outside shooter. He was okay earlier in his career. But I can understand him wanting and thinking he deserves it. It's just, it might be the best move for both parties because he's not going to be happy if he's not paid a lot. And they just, it's not right for them to give him a long term deal. You're not going to sign him for two years at $60 million or $70 million. He's probably going to want more than two years. And he's not going to get it there because they can't really, they're going to have to stop paying the luxury tax at some point or slow it down a little. Yeah. They, 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 believe me, the owner's not going, hey, luxury tax, it's okay. You know what? I think next year is the last year on Draymond Green's contract. I think this this year is, I believe. I think this. I thought this year was. 23 to 24, he's uh, set to make 27 and a half Is that an dollars. option year, though? Oh, I can't tell. Okay. Yeah, I, I can't tell. Okay. It could be. But it's a but if it's a is it a team option or a player option? I thought it was a team, but the team has the, the I, what I've been reading is the team have to decide whether they're going to pay him or not. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So we'll see. But, I mean, he's got a unique situation, that's for sure. And, again, imagine if they get knocked out in the first round. Uh, and, again, it's not going to be a, a big upset. I think they would, yeah. But, I mean, down 2-0, you would think. I mean, the odds are against them. We know that from past history. But they're at home, and you got Steph Curry on your team. But, again, one reminder about this, this team. Down 2-0, backs against a wall. These two games could have been wins for Golden State with not that much of a turnaround. Saturday, they missed a three at the buzzer by Steph. That could have tied it up for overtime. And Go- Sacramento was a better team. Yesterday, Sacramento was a better team. Golden State wasn't bad yesterday. They shot 48 percent just that Steph couldn't hit threes and they just couldn't get over that hump late in the fourth quarter when the game was up for grabs yeah all right well Draymond Green just turned 33 
So, I mean, he's still got a couple of years left, at least, I would think, right? Yeah, but, I mean, you can see his game. For example, he's not a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year this year. He probably was at least two years ago, if not last year and years before that. His shooting his shooting has gotten worse. He's just Remember in the finals last year, he was almost afraid to shoot against Boston? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was almost comical. Uh, where he used to be a pretty decent three-point shooter. It'll hit him now and then, but more then than now these days. Yeah. I, it's it's like um, it, um, people would – wait, wait, I can't even remember now the name of the, the player from Iowa, the, the, um, the great uh, um, basketball player from Iowa we just saw in the, uh, the women's NCAA oh, finals. Oh, uh, um, is it Caitlin Clark? Caitlin Clark. Yeah, Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark. Yeah, she would she would wave off and she would wave him off if he was shooting. She'd say, "Okay, go ahead and take the three If she was playing again, can I say something about her real fast? Okay. She came out with an explanation, I believe, yesterday that she wasn't holding up the eyes and the hand in front of her face as the opponent. She was holding it up to one of her coaches, and that was the difference in what took place in the championship game as opposed to what she was doing. Right. It, I, I thought. Yeah, I thought that she made that. The, the the media made that clear. She wasn't turning towards the. Um, she wasn't turning towards the team or anything. She didn't do the run out and get in the face of yeah, the other player. Yeah. But anyway, okay. all right, 21 minutes after the hour, uh, uh, flood watch still in effect for the islands. Weather today is going to be cloudy. Got some rain here and there, a little windier uh, coming up this afternoon. But uh, everybody stay safe, especially when you're driving home later on this afternoon. Coming up on ESPN Honolulu, uh, what's the deal with, uh, we, oh, you know what, Patrick Mahomes. He's still not 100%. His ankle, we'll get into that. Also, we see your text. Let's go over the text and do a mishmash of texts. So uh, get them in now at 808-296-1420. That's coming up with the animals on ESPN Honolulu. Last night I dreamt I was returning. And my heart called out to you. Good morning. We are the sports animals in the morning. This is ESPN Honolulu. I was surprised to see when I was, when I awoke this morning, that Patrick Mahomes' ankle is still not a hundred percent. I can't. It was a high ankle sprain. He's still rehabbing. He says, and this is that's. It's. it's I seem a little. You must be a little worried if you're a Chiefs fan. Yeah, I, I wondered about that, too. Remember how it hurt him in the playoffs? Obviously, there was some concern, more than some concern there, of course. Do we, I, do we hear, though, that it could be something that could linger on to the regular season? I haven't heard that yet, but to see that today, I, I, I wonder if it might have been just they were giving him rest all this time, or did they expect it to be fully healed by this time? But we're in April right now. To me, that's a lot of time between now and September. You know, you want him to have him ready for early August for training camp at the latest, but that's still three months away as well, or four months away. So maybe it's yeah. not going to be much much ado about nothing in a way, but you got to be have a little concern because he is the man. With him, you're the best team in the league pretty much every year right now. Without mm-hmm. him, you're not the same. And it's crazy. Look at all the receivers. Okay, so the receivers they've lost include um, Tyreek Hill. Who else? Juju Smith-Schuster this offseason. No, no, no. Who they lost. Yeah, they lost him. He was on oh, KC I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. That's right. He was just – that wasn't a big loss. Well, I think my, the, well, last the, year he was a starter for them. No, he was a starter, but I think that there's a reason that he's not there anymore. It was a one-year deal, and uh, yeah, okay. So they lost 
Juju Smith. I'll tell Juju out there. And McCall but, uh, Hardman. Oh, that's right. McCall Hardman, uh, a free agent. So now you've got Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore. And something tells me that these guys are going to pick up right where everyone else left off just because that's how good Patrick Mahomes is. That's what I was so thinking. He makes stars out of these guys. I'm surprised that Juju Smith Schuster uh, didn't hang on. I mean, he was okay. He's not a number one receiver. He never will be. But still, I mean, he's a good possession receiver, especially over the middle. Yeah, I wonder if it was strictly a money deal. Uh, New England is not the New England with Tom Brady. You're not going to play. Nobody. You don't see a lot of receivers clamoring to go join Mac Jones or Bill O'Brien, who's there right now. So I was a little surprising. And well, I was thinking no, it's all a money I don't deal. know. I think people would clamor. Bill Bill O'Brien's a good offensive mind. Yeah, okay, but he and Mac Jones aren't exactly like. Well, he hasn't been there yet, Bill O'Brien. But Mac Jones is not. Again, I don't. I don't think it's it's, it's an attraction where. Uh, players are going to be wanting to go there necessarily, all things being equal. Just because, as they say, it's not fun to play in New England. People don't have fun. But at the same time, uh, my jury is out on Mac Jones. He did a lot better his rookie year than he did last year. Remember, uh, he didn't have an offensive coordinator. He had a defensive coach calling plays, and Joe Judge was also involved in the offense, which is just stupid. It is. It's a Bill uh, Bill Belichick outthought himself on that. It sounds like that. But in Kansas City, you have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Maybe maybe he won one. That's enough. But yeah. I was a little surprised at that one. McCole Hardman, I think, will probably get more opportunities with the Jets, probably, and maybe got more money. Well, but those aren't losses, though. Those are two starters, though, for them. Oh sure, and the, the speed that the Jets are getting with McCole Hardman, he's still a young guy. Marcus Kemp can- left. And he can – that's right, Marcus – I can't remember. Where's Marcus again? Washington. Washington. All right, uh, let's go to the text. Thanks, guys. 808-296-1420. This text is pretty good. Oh, it's from last hour. I'm not sure they're listening still. But it says, just wondering if any former University of Hawaii players, whether it be basketball, football, or baseball, have ever donated back to the school recently. The only one I can think of, and it's not very recently, was Anthony Carter. And I that believe was like 10 years ago. It was at least 10 years ago. He gave, I think it was $100,000, I believe. I don't know. The, I, don't, I don't want to say that, uh, you know what, there could have been. I just, I just don't know. Yeah, I can't think of a Colton Wong or anybody in the NFL. or. I thought Colton Wong donated something Did recently. I, I yeah. can't remember. I just remember Anthony Carter off the top of my head. Mm. A lot of times people will donate to their high schools. Uh, here in Hawaii, Dylan Gabriel just donated a bunch of money, um, and also did in um. Oh boy, Ashley Lee did the rat, but again, that was 15 years ago or whatever it was. It was yeah. a long time ago, but I'm sure I'm sure we've gotten some donations, huh? I'm sure we've gotten. I would think we've gotten some, but you would think they See, would be publicized. But the people who are making donations, who's making donations? It's guys who have million dollar contracts. Marcus Mariota. Uh, continue, you know, helping to D- Campbell High School. Yeah, with the girls' facilities, building a girls' facility that's been long overdue. Marcus Mariota gives back to UH in a way of having his, uh, uh, you know, buying all those tickets to football games. You know, they buy a hundred, they bus a hundred kids to watch a UH football game. I guess that is indirectly it's more than that. Actually, at Loja Stadium, is it more? Whatever it was, yeah. it's, it's indirectly that gives uh, to us, but we don't have a lot of former basketball or football players making a million dollars a year or millions of dollars a year. They're all guys who went to high school here. 
Um, I mean, you know, look at it. You look at Amy Fairbairn and all of these guys. I'm sure they support University of Hawaii. I don't know if they've made donations to UH or they make donations to the colleges that they went to or the high schools that they went to. Well, I would think if they didn't go to UH, it's probably pretty rare that you're making a donation there from those other players. But Colton Wong, again, a guy who went to UH, is making millions of dollars, is probably the richest UH athlete in the pros I can think of right now. Hey, do you have your results of our baseball players yesterday? I know Josh Rojas was unbelievable yesterday. They had him on some highlight show at MLB TV. Well, he was one for four yesterday. Oh, maybe it was that one. Because they did really well. But they were showing him anyway. Yeah, he's hitting three forty-seven, and he's Woo! eighth in the league. He was second over the weekend, but still eight. I mean, whether it's early or not is irrelevant because it's early for everybody. They can have their averages that high as well. He is eighth in the uh, National League and hitting with that three forty-seven average. Again, scored a run yesterday. Uh, Colton Wong, though, zero for three for Seattle, batting oh. in the eighth spot. His batting average slipped to one hundred six. Oh my goodness, what's yeah. going on? He is not. Uh, done well offensively this season. Uh, we did have Kirby Yates uh, did not pitch for Atlanta, and the Yankees with Isaiah Kiner-Falefa coming off his great relief appearance last Friday. Uh, he did not play yet. Well, the Yankees did not play yet. For people that don't know about him, was he throwing one of those games where a bunch of position players were just trying to end the game? Well, he was the only one. They were down, I believe, nine or uh, probably 11 to 2 to Minnesota on Thursday night, and he pitched the ninth inning of that game. Let up one hit, <laughs> but he leads the American League and the majors in ERA 0.0. He nice. might not qualify with enough appearances or inning, but he's got hey. an ERA of 0. He's the next Shohei Otani. <laughs> yes. I'm telling you that much. Yes. Uh, Josh Rojas, by the way, I was wondering to myself, I was thinking to myself while you were talking, okay, this is the deal. You're Josh Rojas, and you're eighth in batting. Say this, you keep this up, and you're a top ten batter. And next, this is a a contract year, so he's going to be a free agent next year. So then, guess who picks him up? The Yankees or Dodgers, and they pay him a gazillion dollars. Then he'll donate... To the uh, University of Hawaii. See, right now he has a, he's on a one-year, $2.5 million contracts, wow. uh, uh, contract with the Diamondbacks. That's very little, uh, even though it's, I mean, relatively it's little for baseball players, especially a starter. Yeah, I would imagine no matter what, oh, not no matter what happened, but he's, up, he's due for a pretty significant raid. And if he does hit around 300, and if he's anywhere near the top 10, yeah, he's deserving of $15 million, at least, I would say. Been a I good fielder. Even- I don't even know the guy, but I'm stoked for him. We had him on our show a couple of years ago when he first got to Arizona when he got traded from the Astros, and he's from oh. Arizona, so he was very happy. Was he ha- Was he nice? Was he friendly? He was great on our show, and I, I, I remember watching him at UH, and I told him that in the show where you kind of laughed at me. I literally was jumping out of my seat watching him play defense those years. I've okay. never, I've never seen a player make the plays he made in the field at third base. He was ex- extraordinary, that good, making plays after play that not a lot of people could make. Love watching him play third base. Okay, so can you get him on the show, please? I, You're like, oh, I know everyone. I know everything well, about sports. I know everyone. Everyone loves me, but yet you, you're backing it up with uh, nothing. I haven't tried this year. I did try last year and didn't uh, get You the, just go through the team, right? Yeah. Um, no? I, I went through him the first time, so I went through him the second time. And you know, now that he's a big shot, no. uh, <laughs> I'll go through the team and try to get him that you way. You know why? Yeah. He was on our show once, and he's like, he's, he's, he's like, he's like uh, scarred for life. It's like, oh, don't put me. That was 10 <laughs> minutes of 
H E double hockey sticks. Never Can't blame him for that, I guess. But I'll go through the team and see if we can you get see it. that eight oh eight number to call him. <laughs> Hang up quickly and right. spam. Right. Eight thirty six. We're a little late. Let's get a traffic update. We'll be back with more of your texts at eight oh eight two nine six fourteen twenty. It's the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. All right, good morning. Texts 808-296-1420. You can call as well. It was a mess in traffic earlier today. Glad to see that it's uh, it's uh, gotten better. Uh, let's see. Here's a text. Somebody wants us to get Riley Wagner on the show, uh, a volleyball player. Thank you very much. We'll work on that. You know what? Uh, maybe we'll get her down to come on down to Growler, Hawaii uh, next month. That'll be cool. By the way, we'll be at Growler, Hawaii tomorrow afternoon with Josh Pacheco. For our really big road show number 10, our uh, special guests on site will be Lily Wahine Kapu, also Bailey Choi, and Big Morsek. Come on down for some great food and uh, great fun from 5 to 7 p.m. tomorrow, Growler, uh, Hawaii, Kapahulu. By the way, if you're looking for a great place for lunch, they're open for lunch at 11 a.m. So it's uh, really good food. I like their food over there. Oh, yeah. Or you can have a few beers at lunch. You know, make like it's your... You know the uh, what's that what's that series called Ad Men or whatever? Uh, <laughs> Mad like Men. The fifth, Mad Men, yeah. Ad Men. <laughs> Same thing, right? That's what they did. Yeah, really. All right. Uh, let's see. I was talking about the combine. I think it's absolutely fantastic. They're making it starting next year. They're going to make it like uh, mandatory that if you want to get drafted, you got to go into the NBA combine. This texter says the combine is the job interview. In the real world, you can't skip the interview if you want the job. Great point. Best text of the day. Yeah. Gary's argument Gary's argument earlier was, well, what if you have plans that day? You shouldn't be forced to show up. Hey, you're right. It's a job interview. You want the job? Show up. Uh, there are other job interviews with NBA draftees as well. When you come in for individual workouts, when you come for the three-on-three workout, there's plenty of opportunities for a job interview. You don't have to do it in Chicago during those three days in late May. Come on. Uh, you know, you're living in an entire, what are you, Generation Z? Everything has to be really convenient for me. It's all about me. How okay. about the league? How is that convenient for the league? Uh, they're going to make a lot of money from a television event. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay. Uh, okay, here's a person that does not like the idea of the combine. So what if you get hurt? You can't get drafted. Best text of the day. <laughs> well, and there have been, have there been people, I guess there have been people that have been hurt, maybe one every two years in the NFL combine. NFL, the NBA, again, the NBA combine, I don't believe is a lot of five on five scrimmaging. Now, again, right. they have three on three workouts for teams, but the combine is mostly drills, interviews and all that. So I'm, I haven't heard of anybody getting seriously hurt. You know, jumping up to yeah. hit the rim, and and a lot of these, yeah, and a lot of these NBA players are playing with handguns in nightclubs anyway. So they <laughs> they're not making the wisest decisions off the court. I would really be worried more about that than somebody in a controlled atmosphere like the uh, NBA Combine. Uh, I'll read this one again. Draymond's a buffoon. <laughs> Talking about Draymond Green. Okay, so here's one. 
Uh, it says, the texture is a buffoon. Oh, stop it. He says, Sabonis is like the society nowadays. Instigates and then plays victim. That's the best text Ooh. of the day. I, I like that. Without taking like side, that. That, then he makes sense, Chris? It, it does make sense, especially because he's talking to a couple of get-off-my-lawn guys. Regardless of That's that, us. In that situation. You know what? We're going to change the name of the show. They, they got that new show in the afternoon. What are they called? The Bench Warmers. What are they called? <laughs> coming off the bench. Coming at, off uh, the bench. Off the bench. Off oh, yeah. the bench. All right. They got off the bench with Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. You see, I don't call him Hunter Henry anymore. Hunter Hughes. <laughs> and then uh, we should call our show just Get Off My Lawn. I like that. I think it would be very fitting. <laughs> I think it would be we fitting, talk about, if We'll talk else. about the rail. We'll talk about <laughs> Kurt Favela, Donna Mercado Kim, and Donovan De La Cruz. And the rail and Aloha Stadium. That's yeah. all you got on this show. <laughs> I like that. Okay. It's not much Aloha, of a stretch, guys, we got is like, it? We've got like uh, 10 calls. We've never promoted Call the Coach tonight, yet we keep getting – uh, text from people asking if there's call the coach tonight. No, we were would be able to fit it in. We weren't able to swing it with all parties involved, so we don't have call the coach tonight. But I'm going to try and at least get one coming up. I also want to do and um, uh, a call the coach. Even though spring practice ended a while ago, we should do a call the coach with Timmy Chang. I think he'd be into that. Is it recruiting season right now? Do you know? Is I don't think busy? it's ever not recruiting season, but it's not the main mm. part of recruiting. I mean, you pretty much have done that, but I don't think it ever no. ends. Here's another one. A bunch of people really want to go to call the coach. You know what? I know the food is good at Ruby Tuesday. Just go to Ruby Tuesday. Hey, what's the special this month? Oh, this is a popular one. It's the most popular one I have seen. Buy any steak entree and get shrimp skewers free. Oh, okay. And a, a shrimp skewer. A, yeah, How yeah. many skewers? You get um, you get three pieces of shrimp on the skewers. Okay, the skewer. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, I've never seen anything go in the eight months or whatever I've been there this as much as this one is selling. You know why? Because steak is involved. <laughs> Probably so. It's 846 here. We're the sports animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. I tell you what, we are going to uh, come back. We'll take more texts and calls if you'd like. And uh, we'll kind of wrap up the show coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. Remember, we got that uh, flat. Uh, they got the uh, flood watch in effect. It's going to get uh, pretty rainy uh, the next few days. Got about. It's gonna, actually the sun's trying to poke out, but it's going to be a mostly cloudy today. It's going to be a little uh, windier later on this afternoon, so be ready for that on your way home. Hey, I want to let you know our bulletin board uh, from Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. They want you to know that AUW Aloha United Way connects people, resources, and organizations to positively impact every member of our community. Join us in change tomorrow, today. You can donate or volunteer or start a workplace campaign by visiting auw.org. Once again, this message brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. I want to just po follow up with one more point about Draymond Green and Sabonis. Uh, that texter said, I really love the way he worded it, that, you know, <laughs> he the instigator and he plays the victim. I hope the NBA takes that into account, maybe not along the same words, but basically, I mean, Draymond Green was 
maybe not baited is the right word, but he didn't start this one. When he's been when he's been guilty before, he has started, finished. The whole thing is basically due to Draymond being Draymond. So in this case, it is a little different, if not a lot different, and I hope he doesn't pay a steeper price than getting ejected yesterday. But we'll see if there's more on that throughout the day, and maybe by tomorrow we'll have a result on that. The other thing involving basketball, it's not the NBA, it's the CBA. And this CBA is the China Basketball Association. Oh, um, they disqualified the Stephon Marbury, Marbury League. No, he's not that in one? that league. Oh. Yeah, he is not in there now. It's run by Yao Ming, but you might remember a guy named Michael Beasley, Eric Bledsoe, former NBA players. Um, they were they and their team was involved in. Uh, a negative competition. They basically fixed the game. Or they called they were it a involved in a negative competition. That's exactly what the quote said. They were negative You're using in competition. Big words, no. but they're not being used correctly. They were negative in competition during a playoff series that concluded just a few days ago. They got they fined. Fixed the game? Over, basically, is what they're saying. Yeah, they got fined $5 million. Uh, now, Yao Ming wants, re- he, again, he runs the league. He wants to report reports from both teams about that as far as an investigation. But, I mean, the fact that it involved former NBA players is maybe one of the reasons it made more news here. But I, I thought that one, I mean, I don't know how it works in China. I don't, I don't follow it that closely or closely at all. But to see a pro league in any country have game fixed, games fixed, I mean, is awful in itself. I mean, how do you think you're going to get away with that these days? I mean, it just, I mean, the people say it about the NBA. I mean, they say it about any sport. I still see people or hear people talking or <laughs> texting reps. in. Yeah, that yeah. the games are fixed and things like that. Uh, and there's specific details on how they've missed shots down the stretch. Uh, but I, I, I'm curious on how that will play out again after the report. Again, match fixing is what they're calling it, even though I guess it's a game being fixed. But uh, former NBA players involved, I wonder if they were getting paid for this. Or I mean, if you're innocent and you're an NBA player, wouldn't you want to come out and speak? Because I'm sure some of these players might want to come back to to the NBA at some point. And if you're involved in, you know, games being fixed, and even if it's in China, you wonder if an NBA team's going to be as likely to want to sign you, even if you have the talent and the uh, age to come back. What I mean by that, you're not yeah. over the hill. Right. I mean, these are over-the-hill players, aren't they? Well, I don't I don't know. I mean, Eric Bledsoe played in the NBA three years ago. I don't have his age, but I don't think he's – he can't be over 35. There's no way he's over 35. Uh, Michael Beasley has been in the NBA for 12 years, so he's probably right around 35. He just had – he was the number two draft pick years ago. I think he led the country in scoring and rebounding at Kansas State, but he got involved with marijuana when it was illegal. I'm not sure if it's legal now. He had a lot of off-the-court issues in the NBA, so that's one of the reasons he's not wanted now. Yeah, and he just wasn't very good. Yeah, he was high all the time. He'd been busted a number of times yeah. uh, for marijuana possession. And again, it doesn't say that these guys were directly involved. It's just that their team was involved. And uh, you just wonder about that, if maybe they again, had anything to do with it. But it's just awful to see that, that games are still being fixed. And again, I, the, my first thought is, how do you get away with that these days? There's just too many eyes and too many observers who are going to think it anyway, even if it's not fixed, and if players are performing poorly. How do you poorly. get away with it? You get away with it by not telling anybody. Well, but, but it's how your play, though. I mean, but your well, I don't know if anybody told them, but it's by their play. When you see guys miss easy shots and play that poorly. They, they have a name for that. It's called Ben Simmons. <laughs> I forgot about him. Ben Simmons has been on the take. He's actually a good basketball player. You know that at Nets game, they don't even sell his shirt or jersey? 
Why? I don't think anybody would buy it. I wouldn't. But, I mean, that's, he's a player on there. Well, barely a player. But I think that was kind of funny that they don't even sell his stuff in the, in the store there. Everybody else has one, basically, but no Ben no. Simmons, which is probably right for the cause anyway. All right, we got to go. Uh, be listening uh, to uh, all your regular shows here on ESPN Honolulu this afternoon, starting at twelve twenty-five on CBS fifteen hundred. Uh, it's the Angels against the Yankees, and then tonight at six, Honolulu and Marinol uh, in boys volleyball action. We'll see you tomorrow.